I'm back, and I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's ass. That's how it's done. Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! You're listening to The Rob and Slim Show with Rob. I did not date Play Jane assistance. Slim. No one loves you like I do. And sometimes the Lamborghini. I love Lady Boys. Internet Radio's finest. Talk to God while banging little boys. You could stay in mansions, driving gold carts. Yeah. You could have a fountain. You could rape tots. You could cure cancer. You could feed the poor. But instead, you sit around and rape kids. Living in the Vatican. Yeah. And the world's gonna know your game. Yeah. Cause you're playing with the boys all day. Just to wave and smile yeah. You could rape kids and you'll never go to trial You could wear a yarmulke, you could wear a cape Raping all the kids that they thought never could be raped Yeah, you could tell people you speak for God And Jesus wants a private word with little Todd You could give thirsty Africans rain But instead you sit around and rape kids Living in the Vatican Yeah And the world's gonna Rape altar boys, two or three kids. Yup, yup. Rape chocolate milk drinkers. Rape tiny tots. Rape boy scouts. Rape little eagers. Rape students. Rape these kids. Rape altar boys, two or three kids. Uh, three yup, kids. Yup. Rape chocolate milk drinkers. Rape tiny tots. Rape boy scouts. Living in the Vatican. Talk to God while being a little voice. You 
This is Summer Smith, and you're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Booyah, boona. Hey, guys, this is RJ Mitty, and you're listening to The Robin Slim Show. This is Gregory James Cohan, also known as the Velocipastor, and you are listening to The Rob and Slim Show. This is Carrie Frylock Means, and you're listening to The Rob and Slim Show, fools. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Mahone, and I'll be watching the show very carefully. I'm never going to this that crazy show ever again. <laughs> yes, bitch, I heard you. This sucks. Mm-hmm. This sucks. <sighs> does suck everything sucks everything except for the uh, have new year premiere that was great oh it was amazing it was so much fun have new year theatrical premiere in philly at the first glance film festival what was it philadelphia film society it was awesome meeting drew and fucking brooke and uh it was really cool really cool to see them on the big screen it was like oh like what hundreds of like their friends and yeah. family were there yeah. like it was all it was amazing drew's fucking it was like it was like being with family like drew's parents Brooke's mom was amazing. Uh, her cousin, what was his YouTube channel? Uh, Sonic Phantom. Sonic Phantom. Uh, Sonic I Phantom, think. yeah. And there right. might have been a little more to, to it than that. Yeah, well, fucking, you should have known. You fucking I know. Ugh. But it was cool, it was cool. And it was cool meeting that girl that was, like, the uh, inspiration for Brooke's character. Like, because they were, like, si- brother and sister in the movie. So that was cool. Definitely, at the Drew Mac, M-A-C-K, and at Brooke Lewis L.A. Follow them on Twitter. And, uh... The movie uh, Half New Year. Definitely check it out. It's really good. Really cool. Um, what else? What else, Slim? Uh, I don't know. I don't got anything. That was great, yeah. though. It was cool seeing that movie like on the big screen. Mm. Just amazing. Um, <sighs> and there was a couple of films like before that where they were... Uh, they they were okay. They sucked. I thought some of them were all right, no, but they, it was it was funny. You could tell that like whoever made those films, none of their friends and family were there because yeah, there were people were clapping, Maybe but there like, was, like one or two. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know if any of those people. Because as soon as like Half New Year came on, like the crowd just went crazy. Yeah, you see Drew's name on screen and everybody's screaming, and then yeah. Brooks' name comes up and everyone's yelling. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Fucking cool. It was cool. And uh, that interview should be up soon. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? Uh, what did I? What did I have? I think only The Walking Dead. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't get to watch the new uh, Watchmen. I watched the original movie. I just forgot how great that was. How fucking much of an asshole Doctor Manhattan and fucking the other dick were. I don't know his name. Uh, Ozzy Mendias or yeah, you or know Adrian, something Ozzie. like that. Yeah, Ozzy. 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 And I, Ozzie. I don't know. I guess the. Uh, Cause that fucking plane, that fucking uh, night owl, what it was night owl? Yeah. yeah, his plane, like he built that and shit. Like he fucking made it with like inheritance money. So I don't fuck. I guess maybe later he sold it to the police or something. Cause like I said in the series, the police have like that fucking plane. They only have I don't one, know. or do they have? Like, I don't know. Multiple? They only showed one in the yeah. first episode. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like they took it or if he gave it to them. But uh, hopefully they'll fucking tell you. And uh, what was it? Uh, just uh, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis, the fucking uh, comedian. I forgot how amazing. And it's just like typical fucking like roles for him. Like he's just such a prick, such a piece of shit. And then at the end of his life or at the end of whatever, he just comes around. He's just a good guy at the end. But mm-hmm. <laughs> And that fucking chick, I don't even remember. What's the fucking name? I don't even know. Uh, Jupiter. Yeah, Miss Jupiter. Yep. Like that was fucking cool. That was cool. 
And then uh, the old, uh, the old um, fucking Night Owl, he was awesome. But then I forgot how badass Rorschach was. That was the yeah. fucking best. I forgot his like prison scene and shit, like his fucking whole prison fight. That was the best fucking thing in that movie. But it was so fucked up when like uh, Dr. Manhattan killed him. I was like, fuck, mm. you did the wrong thing, motherfucker. You fucking piece of shit. But yeah, the outcome was like, it was like, yeah, it made sense. It was a fucking good thing, like world peace and all. But but Rorschach was just the dick, and he was like, I'm, I'm going to fucking tell everybody. Like, Right, he was like, I'm not <laughs> letting people live a lie. Oh, he's such an a-hole. Such an a-hole. God damn, that fucking Rorschach. But that's what I want to know. Like, is that what people, like, idolize? Because well, like, the, the, they all wear his mask. Like, all the fucking people that are trying to be... That are getting taken out in the series and all. So, I guess, yeah. He was just stood for that fucking symbolism or whatever. I guess they fucking want to keep that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they could also probably... He might have got something out. Because I know in the comic, he had actually gotten some of the information out in, like, a newspaper. So, it's possible Well, that happened that... at the end of the movie. Like, the okay, Rorschach journals were... Because right. the, the news guy was... Uh, the newspaper was like... There's, there's no real news anymore since there's world peace. He's like, everyone's singing Kumbaya. Like, uh, Ronald Reagan's running for president, and the guy in charge is like, fuck that. Like, that's that's not a real story or something right. like that. Just go through the whatever file, like, the, the garbage file. And it was like, he pulled out Rorschach's journal. So, maybe that's what, like... Right, or that you got that small, like, following that believes it, and then the rest of the world is like, no, it's bullshit. None yeah. of it's real. Yeah. Could be something know. like that. Oh, fuck. But, yeah, Walking Dead was fucking good. It was good. I don't know if it was good as the week before, but it was still a great episode. It started with boar hunting. So fucking All right. What's my about there? Boar hunting. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The deaf bitch. And then the deaf bitch is like uh deaf friend. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, why is the, the friend going deaf, though? I thought the friend was like the interpreter. I don't know. There's so much that fucking happens. There's so many people I don't even fucking Third. remember. But I don't know. Deaf bitch. And they use fucking slingshots, which is dumb as shit. Like, it's like, when are the they going to stop you? Well, yeah, the deaf Deffington was using the, the during the <laughs> Borhan. But then even in regular fights with like zombies and shit and like Ugh. against anybody, they're using these dumb little slingshots, uh, <laughs> like two or three of them. And it's like, just stop. Just stop with the fucking. And then the boar hunt, like the fucking pellet or whatever the fuck from the slingshot hits the head and then she has to uh, kill it. Like, with a knife. Like, you could have just used a fucking bow and arrow or something stupid. What, does this place like, just knock it out, I guess? Make it a little dizzy? Like, what Yeah, that something do? knocked like, it down, and then she went up to it and had to, like, slice it in the fucking it, yeah. skull, like, slambo, and cut out the babies. But, um, <laughs> then, like, as she's going deafer, like, you see it all gets blurry, like, so it's fucking with her, and then she's, like, stumbling through the woods, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I guess she passed out in the woods, like, right before you thought a zombie was gonna get her. It didn't get her. But, uh... What else? What else happened? Oh, yeah, then Negan, uh, the kid that, like, freed him. I guess it was the kid that freed him. They never really, I don't think, explained that, but the kid, like, ran up on him while he was out in the woods. It was like, it took me forever to find you. So he, I figure he did. And he also brought him, like, Lucille and his leather jacket. And he oh, had stolen okay. it out of whatever. So And then he says, you know, he was a, a baby of the saviors, and his parents died at the hands of, you know, Rick and them, so he wants to get all them back. So he's playing. And this kid's okay. a fucking piece of shit. Piece of fucking shit. Like, even Negan is, like, you can tell, just creeped out by the yeah. guy. And so then they come across, like, another, like, uh, they come across this bus, and they hear a woman scream. So, like, they fucking jump in, and there's a woman and a kid, and then, uh, like, Negan kills all the zombies, and then the other kid is, like, talking about, the, the one that, like, broke him out is, like, we gonna kill them? Like he's like, oh, I'm Negan. Like he's like, you can tell he's wow. just like just extreme, like, like obsessed. He's like a fanboy. And thinking yeah. like, and thinking that like, Negan is still that. And Negan's like, I got a better idea. How about you just leave so I never have to see your stupid pasty face again? And it was great. And you can tell. But then, uh, then a whole bunch of shit happened. What happened? Uh, I'm trying to think because uh, it, it keeps going back and forth. It keeps going back and forth between uh, the fucking uh, uh, hilltop and all that. And then. Uh, I don't know what the fuck Ezekiel's doing, and then uh, the Sadiq, 
Sadiq and Daryl showed up there, the doctor from uh, uh, Alexandria, and he they, they show up to help, like help fix because of the tree and blah blah blah. And uh, what the fuck? So Sadiq uh, is there to help like the the injured people and all. And uh, I guess he sits down with fucking uh, Ezekiel and like is like let me check because he starts coughing and then like goes to touch him and Ezekiel freaks out and then but then he pulls off his scarf and he shows he has like thyroid cancer or some shit. So, there's, like, that. So, yeah, Ezekiel's dying. Mm. Um, and I, I don't really know. Uh, oh, they realize that, that the deaf bitch is still out. So, uh, okay. the other deaf bitch and Daryl go out. And I think one other broad, uh, the fucking one that was, like, in jail. I don't even know. I don't even know. She's another weirdo. And uh, so they go out to find Deffy. And they find Deffy. And Deffy's okay. But then they realize uh, somebody's stashing treats from the fucking hilltop. They're stealing from the fucking ship. Oh, so, that's uh, not cool. So uh, they, they return it. I don't know. Daryl makes them. I don't fucking remember. It was stupid. But the, the best thing, though, was like uh, Negan and that fucking kid having a heart-to-heart on the back of the fucking uh, trailer or whatever the fuck it was they were sitting on. Talking about bag tagging and all that cool shit. Just teaching them about, like, just having a conversation with the kid. And then I forget what happens. Like, Negan walks off. I don't know if it's get firewood or whatever that comes back, and that fucking kid is killed. That kid. The kid Milo and the mother. It's like, uh, what the fuck? What oh, the, the kid fuck? he had that conversation with? The kid he had the conversation with was oh, killed man. by the by the, the, the super fan. Uh, by oh, the, what a uh, fucking piece And the of mother. Shit. And you see them laying there dead, and Negan is just like, fucking, like, what the fuck? And uh, so that kid is all proud of himself. He's like, see, it was just a test. I knew it was just a test when you told me to leave. I am Negan. And he turns around to get, like, Negan his shit, and Negan just bashes his fucking face in with a rock. Yeah. Like, fucking cool. kills him, which is great. Which is great. And then uh, he does. He grabs the seal in the jacket. I don't remember. I think he puts it on. And then he just badass in the fucking middle of the night. It's getting dark. You see him just keep walking in the woods. And he's walking, I guess, into fucking uh, Whisperer territory. And he's just screaming, come get me, motherfuckers, to like the zombies and shit. Like to attract them. And so out of the blue, like, yeah, like four or five fucking walkers are there. And he starts killing them with fucking Lucille. And then like okay. two of them are, I, th- I might have been Beta. And, like, one other one, and they, they're like, who are you or whatever. And then, like, scenes from next week is, like, them talking about they don't know if they could trust him or not. So he's definitely, cool. like, already worked into the fucking Whisperers camp. So that's cool. That's cool. So, yeah. He's a fucking badass. It seems like now they are following the comic a lot more closer. Because even, like, the kid was a little different. But there was a kid that was like, oh, I want to fucking kill Rick. And yeah. Negan was like, oh, okay, let me out and we'll go and oh. we'll go talk. And then fucking Negan just kills him. Yeah, I'm trying to see what I have written about the Whispers too. Oh, yeah. One of them asks Alpha why they can't just like full on attack Alexandria and uh, Hilltop. And Alpha's like, well, let's put it to a vote. And uh, nobody votes for it. And then she just kills him. She starts slicing him in like certain spots. And she's like, see how weak humans are. And like. He's like cutting tendons and he's like collapsing. He's like falling. Like the one that questioned. Her? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what did she do? I forget what she did. Uh, I think they both kill sicko. her. I think they both kill the guy. They both kill the guy. And it shows um Gamma, the one that she made Gamma, like starting. I think to doubt, like or like to question, like because she's the, the one that killed on. her sister and shit. And I, I think she's starting to freak out about that. And it's, she's, I think it's showing like uh, uh like flashbacks of that or whatever. Or her like starting to like I guess not enjoy the fact that she did that so i don't know i don't know yeah she's like a sicko in the fucking comic too yeah like yeah terrible person I'm trying to think oh aaron what did i ever oh aaron, gamma too because gamma's been doing some shit like going to the border and like slicing up zombies and putting guts in like the river and shit and i guess as she's doing one of those things uh she slices her hand and aaron's just been like watching this bitch and aaron throws it like a roll of gauze i guess, I guess mm. a gesture to maybe like i don't know 
I don't know. Like a peace thing. But, uh, oh, and then that was it too. Um, she tells Alpha about that, and Alpha's like, well, gain his trust. Like, so she's, I guess. Oh, don't yeah. manipulate this guy. Yep, yeah, That's yep. What you get for being nice, Aaron. Yeah, he's a dumbass. He's a dumbass. But yeah, I think that's all. Oh, Sadiq. Oh, Sadiq radioing at the end too because Sadiq is radioing Alexandria. He's got like a doctor uh, friend of his at Alexandria. I love that character. I don't know the guy's name or something, but he was like an ex-military doctor or something. He's a really cool dude. He's a really cool dude. I love that guy. But he's radioing him and like uh, they're going back and forth, you know, updating and, and blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, can I talk to Carol? Because Carol's at Alexandria. So they get Carol on and while he's doing that, he sits... Ezekiel down to fucking talk to her and then Ezekiel pusses out and just turns the radio off so I don't know I don't know he's gotta fucking be a man talk about the cancer talk about the cancer yeah that was it that was, it was a good episode it was cool it's fucking cool I can't wait for next week it's gonna be good what else you got going on Slim I got nothing going on nuts. man I don't know, nothing nothing exciting on my fucking end boring you're supposed to be a very fucking host of a show I know and have something to add Got nothing. Fuck. Fuck. People liking the video on Facebook and you, yeah, nothing for them. These people, you gotta give it to them. Gotta give them what they want. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really watched anything. I watched the uh, season finale of Creep Show. It was all right. It was a little weird, but other than that, like, I can't get into it. Like, you do really good at, like, recaps. I'm just like, <laughs> I watched something. I'm like, oh, it's, it's all right. I'm not good at recapping full episodes. Oh, you stink. You stink. The, a new character in Smash. So I, can't, I, I can't wait to die. I can't wait to die. Then there's this. Then there's this every Wednesday. <laughs> or at least like one Wednesday till you blow your brains out. Right. <laughs> Fuck. You just like watching Aladdin crying. Fuck. <laughs> Gun in my mouth. Just Even like, Ryder uh, She's like, why does he like Aladdin so much? I'm like, I don't fucking Love know. Aladdin. It's, it's a good movie. He's a great we should have Aladdin, the Aladdin minute every week <laughs> with Slim. Different stupid things about Aladdin. <laughs> the genie was blow. And that's it for your Aladdin All you had up. to do was rub the lamp. <laughs> oh, Next week, I'll tell you how many wishes you get. Ooh. Can you wish for more wishes? Nope. Why not? That is a cheap genie fucking... Genie said you're not allowed. That's a, he's making that shit up. He's trying to trick you. It's no fucking law for that. He can fucking grant whatever he wants. Fucking asshole, just being a dick. Fuck that genie. Mm. What's Slambo coming back? I, I assume. No, I haven't. Nope, I haven't talked to him at all. I'm assuming he's coming back. Uh, usually he does like around Christmas. We should have had him come to Philly. There was so many bums. Yeah. So many bums. Yeah, he, he would have loved it. Got <laughs> <spat> on. <laughs> fucking would have been great. Would have been great. So awesome. It was like uh, hobo shanty fucking road. Just fucking 20 hobos just sleeping in the middle of the fucking day. That's why your hobos, you're so lazy. You ain't at least panhandle or something, assholes. Right. Just fucking napping in the middle of the road in a big pile of garbage, you fucking assholes. Shit. We walked by somebody that I thought it was a dead body because they were just completely just spread it out, like just in the laying of the, in the middle of the like vent. The sidewalk or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck is like, that? The, all you saw was the feet. No pillow or anything nah. or blankets. It just just spread it out completely. Fucking hobo fucking rules. That's how they roll. Yeah. Be there one day. Be there soon. Ah, <laughs> uh, when is Slammer gonna be that fucking guy? I don't know. I hope he's running this year. What the presidential oh, elections this year? Hopefully he's um... he ain't gonna have nothing new. He's fucking so <laughs> obnoxious. It's just the same. It's not gonna be here. It's not gonna be here. Ugh. Hopefully this is the last season ever. Mm. 
What do you do? Do you like uh, when we talk to uh, message, uh, Frylock? All he said to me was, oh, lots of laughs. Awesome. And no, you like, know he wants to fucking oh, yeah. kill you or kill himself. Yeah. All we did was text him. I was like, yo, we talked to the guy that voiced Firelock. And he was like, oh, well, awesome. Years ago when we talked to uh, Summer Smith. Fucking, yeah. Uh, Spencer Graham. He's like, that was, that was okay. But you know what would be cool if we talked to for, uh, Master Shake? I'm like, motherfucker, you just talked to Summer Smith? Like, <laughs> just wasn't good enough. What do you want out of, out of life? Like, we gotta get, I, I feel like he had said it several times before that, too, where it was yeah. just like, oh, we gotta talk to the guy that voiced was, Master Shake. Like, what do you things, just, like, masturbate to the guy that fucking voiced Master Shake? Like, like he would say and nobody would reply to. We would just, like, totally ignore that he just said that. Except for that one time when I just laid <laughs> right. into him. And then he was like, that's not what I said. You're misquoting it. I'm like, no, that's Yeah, exactly we just had somebody who's amazing, and you're like, we're going to get yeah. God of Voice yeah, Master Shake. We won't be a Rick real and Morty show. and Aqua Teen Hunger Force are two completely <clears throat> different things. Yeah, they're on Adult Swim, but they're not like, there's no relation to it. You know, it makes no sense. It's not like, oh, it'd be cool if we get some other people from like Rick and Morty. And, and we like, Spencer Grammar was but... a main character. It's not like we just had like, I don't know, I don't know who this like fucking they, they do all the voices <laughs> yeah, right. but if one of them does that too like i don't think there's any like, oh yeah, I think, yeah on the show. I think justin does do but like, like we them. had a huge character like she's a fucking amazing she's yeah. amazing but it was but, a master uh, shake yeah no <laughs> wasn't slambo's drink cup he would have been like fan fangirling the whole time it would have been, <laughs> been great and uh he fucking frylock he would have just been like don't remember that time Show. Oh my god, it would have been awful. That episode. <laughs> it the worst interview in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's uh, exactly what it would be. Oh, I remember that episode. Oh, you know what episode I really liked? Uh, but I also really liked this other episode. It was way better than that one. Hey, hey, want to hear my meat wad impression? <laughs> I love too that. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he would have totally did that. He would have totally did that garbage. Uh, oh. Fuck. He would have, but he would have just been saying like meat wad lines like out of context, like randomly in the middle of the episode, uh, the interview. I want to know who voiced the Moon Knights though, because they were like, I forgot to ask, right? Like, like, just his interaction with them. I love the Moon Knights. I remember my friend Dan back in the day, we'd be drinking and he would just start dropping like Moon Knight fucking lines in the voice, and it was amazing. Those guys are fucking great. But yeah, I don't know. Slambo's just still stuck in that though. Like that fucking that show that he's stuck in the fucking like early two thousand. Yeah, yeah, he That's is. That's all he is. That's all he is. I wonder like what I, like I said, when are his like poor life decisions just gonna just gonna do him in? Just eating a whole pack of burritos at once. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself watching Aladdin, and he's gonna just end up eventually just having a heart attack at some I'm point. I'm thinking like diabetes, and then yeah, he gets everything di- like uh, <laughs> cut off, like uh, all his limbs. <laughs> just and a- then like the heart attack stroke's gonna strike. Like. Can we? Uh, hopefully, we could get like at least two episodes of just torso slambo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely need like a tube right. coming out of somewhere. Oh, hold on, guys, we gotta like, feed the slambo. A wheelchair with a fucking feeding tube. <laughs> he swings grunts are like ah, that's what he did it did when he was okay it's the yeah, same shit it's the same old slam but we throw him in a tub and just dump like fucking sushi on him and shit <laughs> you beat him up in the backyard you just flip him out of his wheelchair and start boxing him <laughs> <laughs> I ring the bell. That's when you flip yeah. him out of his chair and just start beating. We the just fuck put out like him. a boxing glove on his stomach <laughs> and <laughs> oh, his nubs. 
Oh fuck, uh, that's good. That's good shit. That's right. season what eight? I think uh, Robert some show. That's what, yeah, I think so. What we're promising. Yeah, we're about, billing yeah. season eight. It's <laughs> fucking torso sooner. Sambo. That's torso blow. Whatever the fuck. Torso blow. Torso blow. Fuck. Don't you just hate the process of buying condom, Slim? I do. The awkward judging looks and uh, people spitting at you? Yeah. Like hobos? Uh, yeah. Nothing screams, hey, look at me, everyone. I'm trying to get laid over here. Or having the old lady stare you down like you're about to commit a crime at the store. Well, when you buy condoms, when you get your groceries, that's what you get, stupid. The fact is, condom buying should not be that hard. The whole reason you buy condoms is to protect yourself and your partner. At Mount Mojo, we have the fun way to buy condoms. Our premium Mount Mojo condom subscriptions let you tailor discreet a package that fits your lifestyle. You can set up monthly or one-time subscription packages in 6, 12, or 24 packs. Deliver straight to your house. Monthly subscriptions get free shipping. Never deal with that awkward feeling again. We also have cool, fun apparel like Mount Mojo t-shirts and boxer shorts with pockets. Each come with a condom and a condom case check us out today at mtmojo.com use promo code rsmojo and get 10 percent off all apparel and swag get your mojo on motherfuckers we'll be back we're fucking driss sings and too many rapes all right fucking viva los elvis Ooh. and elvis is uh voiced by josh perkinson amazing awesome. i fucking uh messaged him like can you do an elvis and like a second later he like Sends me back a voice clip. Like, <laughs> an Elvis line. I'm like, he just already had one. Like he's, No, he just like... A lot of times he does that in like Messenger. Like he won't... Uh, he'll be driving or something. So he'll just like record something. Oh, and okay, like cool. send a little voice clip. And so yeah, he sent a clip of him just doing an Elvis like uh, voice. And I was like, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Uh, that's awesome. It's amazing. But uh, we'll be back. So fucking stay right there. This, this, this is Hollywood actor Steve Coulter. Uh, 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 and I'm appearing with the delightful scumbags, uh, Robin Slim. Rob's the old one. Is Rob the old one? Yes. Yes. Rob's the old one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 75. <laughs> How did you meet the boys? Did you just go by a school one day? I was, I was, at, the, I was at the bus stop. <laughs> we, we all met when me and Slambo were in seventh grade. I had a lot of candy, Steve. <laughs> he had Pokemon cards. Yeah. He, he learned us in. Did you have a puppy? Oh, I have a quick story. The box said three, three puppies, but my dick was inside. Hey, guys, it's Ryder Doll. I know what you're thinking. With all the porn out there, who's looking for phone sex? Well, I'll tell you who. Tens of thousands of totally normal guys just like you who felt lonely or, you know, in need of something different to get them off. So whether you're curious how to make me your hot little fuck toy for the night or you're absolutely desperate to make me your girlfriend, check me out on RyderDoll.com. That's R-Y-D-E-R-D-O-L-L dot com. Click the tab for deals and promotions. And just for hearing me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes to use in our first call. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause on the porn and visit me on RyderDoll.com. I can't wait to make you blow a huge load and to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> 
Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. Just so you know, this show is about scary stuff. So don't say I didn't warn you guys. And remember, don't be scared. Murderous Miners brings true tales of children who have killed. Premeditated murders, accidental killings and deaths, from toddlers to 18-year-old killers, no one is too young to take a life. Join me, War Baby, as I try to tell these stories of the young who've killed, the lives they took, and even the ones who've been left behind. Why do children kill? What do we do with young killers? And do they kill again? Until next time, don't be scared. Back. I guess leave that song and breaks. That's Young, Wild, and Juvenile by Josh Ferguson. I love it. I love it, too. It's great hearing, like, because uh, he's done them acoustically, the songs in our show, but it's cool hearing, like, the music with the song. Like, hearing it, uh, you yeah, know, mixed right. that and all yep. that with the music and all. It's fucking, fucking awesome. Awesome. You got your things? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what Josh said earlier. Uh, the Drizz would have something to say. Yeah, yeah, that is true. The Driz is is more, you should just fire me and just call it the Robin Driz show. (laughs) And then you'd probably, you wouldn't even have to prep. You'd have a whole five hours. I don't know. I'd fucking want to kill the Driz. I think after five minutes. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He's got to be better than Slambo. Anything's better than that. Where's my, uh, here we go. I'll use this. <clears throat> Driz sings the hits. Oh, let me get ready with the uh, Instagram video. Insta. Like doing that, like posting the uh, Driz sings on there. When I was editing, I realized last week I actually read the Driz sings the hits, and I'm like, do I read that every week? I hope not. I, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> hope fucking so. <clears throat> And now it's time for Driz Sings the Hits. The Driz Sings the Hits. Bitch, better have my money. Rihanna. Yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. Ma la la la. Yeah, yo. Bitch, better have my money. You all should know me well enough. Bitch, better have my money. Please don't call me on my bluff. Pay me what you owe me. Ballin' bigger than LeBron, bitch. 
Give me your money. Who you all think you all fronting on? Like burp burp burp. Lewis X one one one. And it's all on me, nigga. You just brought a shot, kamikaze. If you think that you're gonna knock me off the top, up, up, shit. Your wife in the backseat of my brand new foreign car. Don't act like you forgot. I call the shots, shots, shots. Like burp, burp, burp. Pay me what you owe me. Don't act like you forgot. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Pay me what you owe me. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my... Bitch better have my... Bitch better have my... Bitch better have my money. Turn up to Rihanna while the whole club fucking wasted. Every time I drop, I am the only thing y'all playing. In a drop top doing hundred. Y'all in my rear view mirror racing. Where you all at? Where you all at? Where you all at? Like burp burp burp. Lois X111. And it's all on me. Nigga, you just bought a shot. Kamikaze. If you think you're gonna knock me off the top, up, up, shit. Your wife in the backseat of my brand new foreign car. Don't act like you forgot. I call the shots, shots, shots. Like burp, burp, burp. Pay me what you owe me. Don't act like you forgot me. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Pay me what you owe me. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Pay me what you owe me. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Better have my money. Yo, that bitch better have my money. Hold up. My money, yo, my money. That bitch better have my money, bitch. Better have my money. Yeah. <laughs> bitch better have the Driz's money. <laughs> Why'd you lend so much money at though, Driz? I don't know. What the fuck, Driz? Might be your fault. You might have to go to court over that shit. I don't know. Might be a problem. Hmm. There it is. Where All is right. it? Too many rapes. Viva Las Elvis. Yeah, buddy. Okay, let me scroll back up. All right, we got Josh Ferguson and, uh, as always, Flirt Rider Doll and uh, Spicoli TV. All right, let's see. I got to get that thing. I got to get the volume up. Where's the volume? Go up to there. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Viva Las Elvis. Too many rapes, time rapists. After killing Vlad the Impaler, burning his boy slaves, and looting his castle for all the cool shit they could grab, Rape Force laid waste to the surrounding villages, then fired multiple missiles at the creepy pedophile's castle. They hit the time circuits and arrived in Las Vegas on August 15th, 1977. Captain, we've arrived in the year 1977 in a desert city named Las Vegas, Nevada. My database is saying it's run by the Italian Mafia and some guy named Elvis Presley. Oh yeah, baby, he was a real cunt. He stole from black culture and people loved him for it. 
Want to do some Elvis pranks? Affirmative, Captain. I have the perfect idea. Let's get him hooked on drugs. After not heeding Doc's advice and attempting to travel back in time before they blew up the Earth to save it, Grape Force is now stuck jumping from year to year in hopes of finding the parts they need to fix their faulty particle accelerator and Kugelblitz. It's a race against time. No, it's a rape against time. They're time rapists. Too Many Rapes is filmed in front of a live studio audience. After consulting with the sexy little fembot, Captain Tubestakes called the team to the bridge. Uh, hey fuckers, who wants to do some Elvis pranks and get them all shook up on morphine? Yo, yo, yo! I love that motherfucker's songs. My uncle used to rape me while playing his albums really loud so the neighbors wouldn't hear me crying. Show did mine. I gotta get an autograph. Oh, fuck yeah, let's go, you fucking cocksuckers. The crew went to the Las Vegas Hotel Casino and saw Elvis perform live. After the show, they killed his roadies, hid the bodies in a dumpster, then went back on stage to talk to him. Hey, uh, how'd you guys get back here? Uh -huh. uh, where are your new roadies now, you bitch boy? Those other a-holes couldn't make it tonight. Oh, okay. Well, you guys can uh, come on back to my house after we get all the stuff in the van. We'll have some fun, baby. Uh -huh. Back at Elvis's house, he had all sorts of food laid out and a shitload of sweet liquor. This is pretty cool, you stupid hillbilly. But you know what would make it even cooler? Some of these morphine pills. Okay, I'll try anything at once. Uh-huh. Holy shit, balls. I'm all fucked up on these pills. The crew spent their entire night partying hard with Elvis. The king even got so fucked up that he fucked both Daxter and Phantom Bona. They took pictures to sell to the tabloids when they got to the future. Yo, yo, yo. You're just as great as I always pictured when my uncle was fucking me to your music as a kid, Alf King. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, dummy. But I don't feel too good right now, now. My stomach really hurts. And I gotta take a shit, baby. Uh-huh. 
I'll probably go to bed after that, since I have a, a concert tomorrow afternoon. I'm just going to take a sandwich to the bathroom with me, baby. Oh. <laughs> As Elvis sat on the toilet eating a sandwich, he was so backed up from all the morphine in his system that he strained way too hard and had a heart attack, aneurysm stroke combo, and died. The crew all had a good laugh about it and went to bed. The next morning, Phantom Bona put on the King's sequin jumpsuit and performed as him. Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, y'all check this move out. Yeah, they're fucking cool, right? Yeah, guess what, you stupid motherfucking cunts? Y'all fucking Elvis, uh-huh, check out my hair, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right, I'm the fucking king of rock and roll, motherfuckers. I don't know what you are. You ain't the king of shit but me. I'm fucking Elvis, the king of rock. Check out my hair, uh-huh, uh-huh. And let me tell you something. If I die later today... All you motherfuckers out there, yeah, that's right, you better tell my daughter, my sweet little girl. She's gotta marry that fucking creepy kid toucher, Michael Jackson. That's it. I just wanted to fucking marry a kid toucher. That would be so fucking cool, right? If I could be like, yo, I'm fucking Elvis, uh-huh, and my daughter, she fucking a kid toucher. Or at least, like, pretending to fuck a kid toucher. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, that's so many rapes. After being chased out of the casino by an angry mob of concert goers, Rape Force ran out of the back door, got in the ship, and took off. It went down in history as the worst Elvis concert ever. And later that day, he was found bloated and dead on his toilet bowl with a half-eaten sandwich on his lap. Driss Elvis is the best. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fuck that fucking narrator. He doesn't know shit. That was the best fucking Elvis concert in all history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I had to read that a couple of times. I'm like, all right, hold on. All right, yeah, that's a lot. I got yeah, yeah. like, That's a lot. I got to fit into a song here. You have an endless amount of time. You act like you're on a time limit. You can put whatever you want in a song. <laughs> Fuck. That's good. That's good stuff. All right. We'll go to break and we'll be back with Drizzle News. Episode. Yeah, Drizzle News and celebrity gossip and news. There's a lot of good celebrity shit. All right. What are the... Here we go. Thanks. Love uh, Josh Pergerson as Elvis. is amazing. Fuck yeah. You should have loved him to begin with. You shouldn't have took that for you to love him. Sorry, Josh. I just had to hear I your Elvis. I actually gotta be honest, no and I, I'm probably gonna sound really dumb for this, but I don't even know what timeshare is. You're getting a timeshare then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sign you up. Time share. Oh, <laughs> All right. I know a guy. <laughs> Good old timeshare slim over there. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? You want to go to Cabo? I got a place for you in Cabo. Twenty five hundred a year. That sounds good. <laughs> sign him up. Hey, it's Ryder. Your favorite little phone sex doll. Let's get real for a moment. When was the last time you had a girl down on her knees worshiping your fucking perfect cock? Over on Night Flirt, my friends and I, we take really, really good care of you. We are real girls offering real connections over the phone and through personal messaging. We have it all. Whether you're looking for dirty talk, role plays, or even just a friend to talk to, call me. Don't worry. 
your wife, your girlfriend, your friends, they're never going to find out. Nothing will ever show up on your phone bill, so you can be sure your dirty little secrets are safe with me. Sign up for nightflirt.com. And if you hit me up on Twitter at FlirtRiderDoll and let me know that you heard me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes for you to get a hold of the perfect little cocksucker of your dreams. The Childhood Home A stroll down memory lane for some For others, a window into the darkness of the past Lost Hollow Constable Graham Gordon just walked through the door of his abandoned childhood home for the first time in 20 years Now he may never escape From the mind of horror author Isaac Thorne comes a brand new novel of dark terror. The Gordon Place. Family means never having to say you're sorry. Available from IsaacThorne.com and retailers everywhere. Hey, I'm Jack. And I'm Christina. And we're the hosts of the Just Conversation podcast. A show where we critically think and discuss all sorts of exciting topics. From the big pressing issues like artificial intelligence, space exploration, and government takeovers. To the small ones like pollution in Pokemon, time traveling cat people, and the portal we found in my backyard. And we misinform all the time. Yeah, it's great. We're uncensored, politically incorrect, and childish. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and all your podcasting apps. And remember to take nothing personal. It's just conversation. Drizzle news. The drizzlesly news in the world. It's not even a word. Drizzle. What do we got? What do we got? Go down. Four thirty is good. Okay. I guess, man, what a policeman kid left Miami, definitely Miami police. Okay. And uh, 20, so many students. Yeah, students. Definitely. All right. Definitely. 430 Miami student. I like it. Four hundred thirty bags of heroin seized. Two arrested in Manchester. Police say. Y'all, how did only two fucking people carry four hundred thirty bags? Yeah. They're stronger than you, Driz. You're very weak for a man. Yeah. Manchester, New Jersey. Two men were arrested with more than four hundred bags. Well, make up your mind. Oh yeah, it was. It was more than four hundred bags of heroin seized in a car following an investigation in Manchester. Police said. Jimer Johnson. 25 years young of Trenton and James Edwards, 25 years young as well, also in Mercer County, were arrested on October 29th. Manchester Lieutenant Vincent Manco said, followed an involving investigation by the Manchester Narcotics Enforcement Team for the win. Right, Driz? Yeah. Manco said the car was pulled over on October 29th in the Circle K parking lot. That sounds like a Bill and Ted scene, right, Driz? Yeah. 
I like fucking Lieutenant Vincent Manco in Manchester. He fucking manly. Would you drizzle on his chest? Go all over fucking Manchester Manco's chest. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I heard you you, you saying uh, multiple times. I think they should investigate you. Maybe you're a mule for those guys. You got any bags? Yeah. Yeah, now I'm smart though. I only have like one fucking garbage bag worth of heroin. You gotta put them up your butt, right, Chris? Yeah. Now I just carry a garbage bag. Nobody knows. Oh, they're like, like Santa? Yeah, they're like, let that guy with that big black bag. It's full. Yeah, well, Manco said the car was pulled over. At the Circle K parking lot around 5371, near intersection of Commonwealth Boulevard. The officers searched the car, and two men recovered about uh, 430 bags of heroin, marijuana, drug paraphernalia, and over $1,100 in cash. That's a lot of cash to be carrying on you, right, Tris? I usually carry a little bit more than that. Yeah? Why yeah. don't you give me some? The heroin uh, recovered has a approximate street job value of more than $3,000. That's not too much, right? Nah, it's a little bit. A 2005 Volvo S40 was also sealed. Why are you going to take the Volvo, Driz? You got to fucking take the Volvo. Why? Yeah, the Volvo the didn't Volvo. do anything wrong. Yeah. Johnson was driving the vehicle and was charged with one count of conspiracy to possess possession and intent to distribute heroin, failure to surrender, a controlled substance, and loitering to distribute CSD for the win. Yeah, I fucking hate loiterers. Miami police! Drunk driver slams into a golf cart, critically injuring the man, right, Driz? Yeah, what the fuck was the golf cart doing there? That's it's the best way to win a game of golf, right, Driz? Yeah. You just crashed into that old man. Fuck him! You gotta win that golf game no matter what. Miami! The MacArthur Causeway has finally reopened after a serious crash where a police said a drunk driver slammed their golf got into a golf cart and critically injured a man. Why was he driving the golf cart? He should have been in a regular car. I thought I'm talking. Piece of shit. Miami uh, police arrested 20-year-young Paloma Guif Paloma Guifi on DUI charges after they said she crashed into a golf cart at 5 a.m. on Saturday. Why was that guy golfing so early? That's more like the the real case right there, right, Driz? Yeah. You got a good point there, Driz. Police said the man was thrown from his golf cart and hurt his head. Well, if he only hurt his head, why the fuck didn't he live? Yeah. The man was taken to Ryder Trauma Center. I'm just riding down on that. She's sexy yeah. as fuck. I think she's branching out over there. Uh, where investigators said he's in critical condition. Police uh, have not released his age or told us how many people were in the golf cart. So there could have been more people in that cart, right, Driz? <laughs> they all clocked their heads. Would you ever drizzle on a bunch of old men in a golf cart? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Is that better than Manco? Yeah, man call it Manchester. From the video yeah. on scene, we were able to see the golf cart is used as a shuttle service, so he's driving around other old fucks. He's just an old fuck. He's lonely old fuck. Just driving around old fucks. Police yeah. shut down the MacArthur Causeway for 12 hours. That's a long time, right, Driz? Yeah. As they collected evidence. How much evidence was it besides old dead? All that guys are a broken golf cart. There were several yeah. items scattered throughout the roadway, which is why police took so long. We'll pick those shits up fast, right, Driz? That was probably just a couple of golf clubs. Do some coke and get out there and do shit yeah. quick. Yeah, what the fuck is that shit under her eye? What was that? I think that's a little drizzle. I think you gotta pop that and suck yeah. all that out of her. Yeah, get my teeth all around that. Oh, pimple. Bite out her yeah. eyes, sis. You're like an eye doctor. Scroll down so I can read the fucking story. Stop trashing and jacking off to her fucking sis. Wealthy is being held on $13,000 bond. CSB, CBS reached out to the golf cart company. What are we having our back? What do you got to say to us about that golf cart company? Who the fuck cares? Fuck. <laughs>
kicked about a golf cart. I said Fuck. <laughs> All right. Student allegedly used Instagram for murder plot. Tells police I was only joking around. Get it on the joker, huh? Yeah, I think it's funny when you joke about murder. Fuck yeah, yeah it is, Driz. You know, you appreciate a good fucking laugh. You're a real chuckler over there. A Florida high school student is under arrest. If the authorities say he used social media to solicit someone to murder a school staffer. Nicholas Godfrey, 18, is accused of sending out Instagram direct messages to a fellow student at 5A High School in Pasco County, according to Tampa ABC affiliate WFTS. Uh, I need a guy who can kill someone, Godfrey wrote. No wink emoji? Come on, how are we going to know you're joking there, Godfrey? Yeah. He indicated he would give $100,000 for the staff member's head. Sound like a joke yet, Driz? Nah, nothing. There's no LOL, then why are you laughing? no wink emoji, Stop nothing. Stop LOLing. No joke. I need him eliminated as soon as possible. So he said no joke, Driz. What are you supposed to believe over there? He's got a real good sense of humor, right? Yo, I think it's like, he's like joking. fucking like M. Night Shyamalan. He's like, no, it really was a joke. I got you a twist. Maybe they yeah. left a comment out. Maybe it was like, no joke. I need him eliminated, yeah. huh? Wink. Please uh, trace the messages to Godfrey by obtaining a search warrant for his Instagram account. How do you search an Instagram account? Hey, can anybody look at an Instagram account? Yeah. Maybe not the messages. Which revealed an IP address associated with Godfrey's re- religious residence. Godfrey admitted sending the messages uh, and freely showed them to detectives. So he's like, look, look what I did. That was a joke. Everybody yeah. laughed. And get the fuck out of my hair. But uh, said they weren't serious. He wasn't serious about his plan, police said. <laughs> After speaking with Mr. Godfrey, well, he did not have any clear direction, I guess, uh, to follow through with this. Uh, but he was more joking around. The cops said the cops are laughing about it, right, Chris? Yeah. Godfrey also didn't appear to have the means to carry out the threat, authority said. Nevertheless, police said what he did was a crime. Make up your minds. Is it comedy or a crime, Driz? A little bit of both. Yeah. There's going to be zero tolerance. You threaten a member of the school district. Uh out there trying to do their job and educate children and be a part of the process we're gonna come hunt you down we will track you down to pasco county sheriff chris knocko i think that was some joking back at him they're like we're gonna track you down maybe Uh it's all a bunch of jokes maybe it's a bunch of uh, instagram pranks wow pranks (laughs) (laughs) good one good one guys where's uh the moron. I love that he just reached yeah. out to some random other student too. I love that he was wrote like, no joke. And he yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, jokes. Like, wait, that was a fucking. Joke. I want to be the kid who got the email. It's like, I'm looking for somebody who's capable of killing someone. And that poor other kid is like, what? Why? Why would you pick me? Like, what the fuck? What if that kid needed that hundred thousand? Right. Yeah. I don't know. So. Show me the All stories. Right. Go down. Go down. Go down. Down. Ah, uh, go, uh, gorilla. Uh, I am fucking blind right here. Go Ooh. to. To. And, uh, let me see what else. Go down. Go, uh, I'm thinking Chris. Yeah, go right, Chris. go Chris. All right. Love the Chris Brown. This is Slim Celebrity Gossip News. Oh, yeah. What's going on, guys? It's a Slim, and I have some celebrity news and gossip for you tonight. Rapper Gorilla Zoe busted for domestic violence. <laughs> Played the, you know who I am card. He's like, you know who I am. I just, <laughs> of course, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of this bitch. 
I'm Gorilla Zoe. Come on, fucking assholes. <laughs> Talking to Gorilla over here, huh? You know who the fuck I am. Rapper Carrozo flew into a violent rage and ended up getting arrested for domestic violence over the weekend. This yeah, is, uh, of course he's Carrozo. Of course, <laughs> you pick a name you, like that, like you got to rage out. Carrozo. Never heard of What a retarded fucking name! No, he, he just doesn't. Looks like a, a soft chubby guy. Just he uh, seems like he's, he's a good partier. He doesn't seem like a white beater. Was. By- was busted early he Sunday. Have a teardrop. <laughs> no, he I don't doesn't. know. Maybe his videos are a little rougher, but he, he don't look. He his don't hair look. just looks like he just rolled out of bed it's too. Like, a sweet like guy. yeah, like I'd, I'd hold the door for him and pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good job being an adorable man. Yeah. Rapper Garozo flew into a violent rage and ended up getting arrested for domestic violence over the weekend. This, according to cops, Garozo was busted early Sunday morning in Monroe County, Florida, after security at L.A. Siesta Resort called cops to say they saw Zo getting physical with a woman in his hotel room balcony. You know what I mean? Maybe he was just fucking her, huh? Yeah. On the balcony. There's nothing wrong with the that. Cops you just know got to stay. Yeah, exactly. Zo <laughs> fuck a bitch on his balcony. Cops? What the fuck? Yeah, you gotta back the fuck off, police. Leave him. Leave him um, be. According to the police report, hotel security claims that Zo. <laughs> Why would you name him? Like, I wonder if that's his real name. Is if, if his name is real, like his birth name is Zoe. What are the claims? <laughs> uh, hotel security claims Zoe was trying to shove his GF into the room. Yeah, well, he's trying to get his dick in her. Yeah. How else is he going to do that? She I likes mean, it do rough. on the balcony, Zoe. Um, when she refused, he allegedly pushed her to the ground. They were playing. Yeah. Cops say she eventually managed to uh, get away and lock him out on the balcony. Oh, so she's the one called that, probably. Zoe then started punching and kicking the glass door. How else are you going to get through the His locked door? His name is Gorilla. Of yeah, course exactly. What else do gorillas do, cops? Come on. According to witnesses, and the woman led him back oh, into the room. Well, that's what you do. At that point, cops She's arrived. Looked into the hotel room window and saw Zoe pinning down his girlfriend. Again, well, yeah. probably for pleasure. Yeah. Cops broke things up. Uh, cops were like, get your dick out of her. Hold on. And Zoe got off of her, but she immediately started to defend him. Yeah. Because right. she was coming. She didn't want to stop. <laughs> fucking poor bitch was just reason- fucking squirting everywhere. <laughs> Um, on that big gorilla she, dick. She told the, the... They were just playing pranks on the cops. Yeah. She told the uh, responding officer, we always drink and argue, nothing more. Yeah. He's never gotten physical with me. Isn't that what happens when everyone drinks? This is why people got to mind their own fucking business. I'm assuming, yeah, somebody else called. Yeah, that's somebody what it sounds else. like. Yep, somebody saw them fucking fighting and arguing. Exactly, maybe they were just getting... Maybe they were just playing. You don't right. even know. You don't even know. I, mean, I don't know why they, they should have known, like, that's Gorilla Zoe, like, yeah. that's the shit he does. He said it, motherfucker. <laughs> she also told them he always become uh, become crazy aggressive, like, when he's drinking, but added he would never harm her physically. So, yeah, oh. that's all, that's uh, obvious, that's exactly all it sounds like. I, I feel like you're right, too, where they actually, oh. like, walked in on them about the fuck. Like, he was I, pinning her to I the really, ground, yeah, like, they're... he was just on top of her, and they were probably making out. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably ready to push his dick through <laughs> yeah. her fucking lips. So it was arrested for domestic battery, and that's bullshit. If the girl oh, is like, "No, it's I mean. fine," yeah. like that's shitty. And like, well, this, this is our thing. Like, yeah. Know, while he was being booked, uh, played the rapper card. Cops say he told them he was a nice guy, and my name is Gorilla Zoe. You know me. I'm a rapper. He doesn't even look like a bad guy. That's what I mean. Like, he looks like an okay guy. Like, yeah, he does. Yep. Yeah, he was scared. He was released uh, on twenty five hundred dollar bond. Yeah. Hopefully, only- hopefully, he just gets dropped. 
I hope so too. The only bad thing about it is like gorilla. So don't assume people know who you are. Because no, assume you fucking gorilla. <laughs> you likely you push them down. You fuck them the, next. That's what gorillas the, do. The, they don't the, give a shit. The police have no clue who you are. So you should have flung your shit. That's what gorillas do. <laughs> fuck yeah, gorilla. Ti takes daughter to gyro. What is Gyno. that guy? Gyno. Oh, Gyno, to make sure she's still a virgin. This drop oh, today is no. so fucked up. So fucked up. T.I. says he still accompanies his now 18-year-old daughter for an annual uh, gynecological, gynecological, gynecological checkup just to make sure her virginity is intact. Well, dude, what? That's sick. That's sick. Yeah, Especially because she's 18. Up. Like, yeah. fuck. Especially, I saw too, I don't know if it's in here, but people are tweeting that his like, 11-year-old son is... is Talks freely about having sex with girls, so yeah, it's not okay not. for his eighteen-year-old daughter. What the fuck? The rapper recently made the uh, revelation on the podcast "Ladies Like Us," saying he's been taking what is her name, Deja, De- De- Deja Harris, to the gyno uh, for years now, and sits in for the results with the intent of confirming her hymen has not been broken. Dude, wow. she's fucking eighteen. That's sick. you gotta like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's fourteen. Gross. Like, yeah, girls aren't usually having sex, so that's even fucking crazier. The fact that she's an adult now. Yeah, and that sucks for her, where she's probably turning down like sex, even though she like probably wants to have it. Maybe like, no, nope, my anal. father's Maybe gonna she's find doing out. Anal. I don't yeah. know. Uh, tip, uh, tip, tip got you into sniff her the butthole for loads. Ti, <laughs> start sniffing, buddy. What a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, asked if he's had the sex talk with his daughter. He told them he's. Schedules the doctor's visit each year, usually right after Dana's birthday. Deja. Deja. Dana, Deja. Uh, Same thing. T.I. says he's simply um, exercising his right as a parent to steer his daughter away from what he considers bad decision. Oh, T.I. considers having sex a bad decision. Well, you had her, so obviously you had sex with her. (laughs) Motherfucker, so how is that a bad decision? You're a fucking real piece of shit, T.I. Um, as he put it to Nadia and Nat, well, whoever these podcasters are, are who's uh, singer Miguel's wife, BTW, BTW. I think that most kids, in hindsight, looking back, they always thank their parents for not allowing them to damage themselves as much as they could have. Damage She's not a kid anymore. That and like, come on, yeah. No, the more you control some a kid or whatever, the more fucked up shit they're gonna do. Yeah, and it's more likely now that she's older that you're right. She, the first time she has sex is gonna. She's probably going to fuck with her more, I would think. She's going to be thinking about her dad <laughs> like, and the gynecologist. Is there more of a story? Uh, I still don't know what her name Deja. is. Deja. Why turned, is it so hard? I don't know. De- Deja. 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 Turned 18 this year and is worth nothing. Uh, she put the internet and any guys looking to holler at her on notice. She warned just because she's 18, it doesn't give older guys a right to try to get with her. Oh, so she's she's with T.I.? Yeah, I, I guess know. she agrees with him. Maybe God she's damn. into uh, him going to the gynecologist with yeah. her. Um, all right. Would you? Go with T.I.? Oh, would I, I think go with T.I. Yeah, my dad would go to the gynecologist with me. All right. What did yeah. they find out? Um, Not much. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the the, the celebrity beat. No. Uh, Chris Brown. Every time. Yard sale attracts uh, crowds. Uh, Cops tired shutting it down. Oh, tried. That is tired. Uh, Tried shutting it down. I don't know why. The line to CB's yard sale has grown exponentially. 
and based on a couple of shoppers, it appears waiting in the massive lines worth it. One guy said that he spent nearly $500 on vintage items. He said Chris is not at the yard sale. Another shopper said he also spent around $500, claiming his haul is probably worth around the- 3k after buying vintage shoes worth a ton. So what's wrong with that? Yeah, I have nothing no else clue. to do. Nothing yeah. better to do than shut down a fucking yard sale in LA. <laughs> Chris Brown is having a massive yard sale that in front of his house. That sounds great, too. Like, yeah, I'm dropping 500 on $3,000 worth of shit he wore in videos or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty fucking awesome. Like, what's the problem? Fuck. And if nobody's getting rowdy. Yeah. Well, this, I guess that's a question because it is public. It says to which look like he's invited the public, uh, much to the chagrin of the LAPD. And we've learned cops tried shutting it down uh, using a law that doesn't exist. Oh, so yeah, oh my god, they just made some pissed. shit up. They're trying. This is a statute, whatever. But, uh, yeah, no. Like, I, I guess they want them to go through, like, an estate sale or something, but still. Oh, what's the yeah. BFD? What's the big fucking deal? Mm-hmm. Singer posted up his personal address on Tuesday announcing he'd be selling off uh, marked down designer items, some of which presumably belong to him personally. Cops caught wind of that and paid Chris a visit in attempt to torpedo the event, but they weren't successful. Good, because you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Don't you have better shit to do? Yeah, Especially exactly, in L.A.? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, sources cro- close to Chris tell TMZ that an LAPD officer went to his home Tuesday telling its people they couldn't have a garage sale because they don't have a permit. Oh, Who does? Who does? The fuck yeah. Nobody ever gets a permit sale, for a garage dude. sale. I've never heard of uh, Chris's lawyer got involved. Good. They called BS, Good. and rightly so. Per- permits are not required in the city of LA. I don't think they're I've required never heard that anywhere. anywhere. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe there's some weird ass town somewhere, but yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, apparently, uh, sources connected to Chris say they kept getting harassed. They say cops then tried to shut down the garage sale because of fear the crowds would be too large. But so far, there are only a few dozen people. Well, what's a flea market? Isn't there right. large crowds at a flea market? Like, fuck. Cops fuck. obviously just don't like Chris Brown. That's, like, what this sounds like. Or, or, like you said, they got nothing fucking better to do. And they're like, oh, big celebrity having a garage sale. Let's go fuck with him. I uh, think is sources on the, the ground are telling us that things were chill Tuesday night. That's what it looks like Are from still all those cool pictures. hours ahead of Chris opening the doors at 10 a.m. Wednesday. We're told that his team has announced they're letting folks in at 10 at a time. Oh, 10 at a time? Okay, so it's controlled. So he's yeah. not, like, letting hundreds of people in. You get 10 people come in, buy with their shit, and there's that's a, it. That's a, that's a line of people. There's nothing outrageous about that. No. Nobody's fucking beating the fuck out of anybody. It looks looks like a chill scene. Fuck. What, uh, anything else? No. I don't think so. I think that was the end of it. that. Was you wanted to check out one of these other ones? Yeah, Michael. You think he's dead? Is he? I don't know. Oh, there it is. Michael Jackson, first moonwalk, uh, socks up for grabs. If you don't have one million, beat it. Oh, my God. He wore those pieces of socks in the video? They look fucking terrible. Those, like, old lady socks. Yeah. For a million dollars? Are those cool socks? I mean, they no, might be, they no, might they're not. They're terrible. Okay socks, but... Not for a million dollars. No. Like, if you gave them to me, I would just throw them in the garbage and be like, fuck you. This is the worst gift ever. But they're Michael Jackson socks. I still don't give a fuck. Look at these ugly pieces of shit. I'm wearing these. These come up to my fucking calves. What's on? Like, what is that? Is that just a pattern that's, like, on them? I'm assuming assuming that's some, like, fucking good good fucking uh, needlework. Mm. 
Read the story. Michael Stop Jackson's flashy socks. The crochet. <laughs> the crochet. Uh, flashy socks from the first time he busted out his iconic moonwalk are hitting the auction block. But if you but want them, you um, you'll have to foot a huge bill. Oh, the pun's foot. MJ's stage-worn custom crystal stockings, crystal. Uh, which he donned during like his performance of Billie Jean. like cotton, not crystal. Is that maybe what is those are? Is that crystal? Maybe. There's like something on the pattern. Maybe, maybe that's crystal all crystal. Lights. Yeah. Um, which he do, uh, done during his performance of Billie Jean in the 1983 TV special Motown 25. Yesterday, today, forever are expected to haul in at least a million big ones, possibly up to two mil, according to... I'm not plugging a site. The auction uh, site's presenting the socks as part of its... Frank DeLeo collection. DeLeo is the late music exec who signed Jackson to Epic Records and managed him from 1984 to 1989 following the massive success of Thriller. Who the fuck would pay? Like, what are you going to do with Michael Jackson's socks? Like, you just throw them out. No, they're going to wear them. They're going to be like, look at me. That's the only socks they're going to wear the rest. socks make you just fuck kids, though? (laughs) You don't know. You don't know. Maybe it was those socks. (laughs) It was a socks that made his nose fall off and <laughs> fucking come and kid's ass. Haunted Boys socks. Assholes. The yeah. socks are possessed. You don't wear a dead man's socks. Play like an, an old, like, 1600s child molester. What if you start seeing, like, cummy little boy buttholes and, and just start crying uncontrollably and you can't take the socks off? Right. That's what I... <laughs> They <laughs> the guy's like trying to saw his foot off, and he can't even fucking like cut his foot off. Back and forth between like cum leaking out of buttholes and like eyes crying. You just see it all. You see it all. You see a fucking whole bunch of garbage when he put those socks on. Don't fucking buy those socks. Those are cursed socks. Michael Jackson's cursed socks. It was the socks. Oh, we fuck. need to I'm buy this. Where's Slambo? He need. We gotta buy those for Slambo. Where's break Two music? mil. Two mil for Slambo. You and your sock Michael obsession. Jackson socks. Fuck you and your cummy socks. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. Fun. Hi, uh, my name's Larry, and uh, I'm an Elvis impersonator on Chatterbait, and uh, this is the Robin Slim Show. Hi, this is Rhonda. I'm the cam girl who dresses like Paul Giamatti, and this is the Robin Slim Show. Now it's time for the Robin Slim Show. Two guys who've been kicked out of every Spencer's gift in the tri-state area. With Rob. Yeah, I never met a public library that I didn't beat off in. And Slim. The majority of my paycheck goes to phone sex. And that guy who you wish didn't say the thing that he just said. Yeah, um, you know, my 12-year-old girlfriend told me that I'm not allowed to say gypsies no more. Skadoosh. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We 
produce high quality audio. That is exactly right, Dave, because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode. <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value. Listen to Blockbuster Mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast. So grab some popcorn, grab some snacks, we'll catch you guys at the movies. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-277-6322 That's 800-277-6322 Are you too much of a piece of shit to put condiments on your food? Or just craving a creepy internet wrapper does it for you? Or are you just an impatient fuck with the attention span of a fruit fly? Whatever it is, download the new Drizzlebees app and order your toppings of choice. And by the time you drive out to one of our convenient locations, the Drizz will be waiting for you. Ketchup, mustard, caramel, chocolate, or strawberry syrup at selected locations. Soy sauce, Asia Bunga. Yo, yo, yo. Last year, I drizzled in front of an elementary school. And now, by law, I gotta tell you that I'm a registered sex offender. Know what I mean? Bring the kids, but don't bring them too close. Yo, yo, yo. This fucking app is thebomb.com. You can order your shit and see my location and T-cell count. Don't deny your taste buds the drizzling they deserve. Download the Drizzlebees app on the Scrapple Store now. Yo, yo, yo. I'm a pedophile. The Drizz is not allowed within 50 yards of his goal. If you see him breaking his court order, please contact your local authorities right away. Jesus Christ, Drizz, what the fuck are you eating? Yo, 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 Frankie. Where did you get this delicious gum? Oh, you dumb motherfucker. Those are condoms. Now I have to order more. You'd know what they were if you weren't such a fucking virgin. Yo, yo. Those are more like condyums. Shut the fuck up and give me your credit card now so I can order more at mountmojo.com. Mount Mojo premium condom subscriptions let you tailor trailer a discreet package that fits your lifestyle. You can set up a monthly or one-time subscription package in 6, 12, or 24 packs delivered straight to your trailer. Monthly subscriptions get free shipping. Never deal with that awkward feeling again. They also have t-shirts and boxers. Each come with a condom in a condom custom case. Check them out today at mtmojo.com. Use promo code RSMOJO and get 10% off apparel and swag. Yeah, yeah, Frankie. The one in... 
I figured you were going to finish that and then answer the call. Uh, yeah, yeah, Frankie, the one in your garbage can taste even better. Yeah, I'll order it up. Yeah, that sounds like shit. Robin Slim Show. Hey, it's Nathan Ives calling. How you doing? Hi, how you doing, Nathan? Nathan Ives, uh, documentary maker, uh, and your film is called Somewhere in the Middle, correct? That is correct. Cool, cool. How long How long did it take to, to do that? You know, it was fairly short, honestly. It was, you know, it was kind of a contained project. It was uh, We started it in January. We finished uh, sometime mid-September, I think. Cool, cool. And um, for anyone that doesn't know, it uh, follows... Uh, five, the lives of five working artists, uh, Griffin House, Jeff, uh, was it Nishinaka? Nishinaka, correct. Okay, Jessica Cole, um, Aaron Tapp, and, uh, Dan McCann. And it's great, it's great, it was great too, I love that two of them were musicians, uh, Jessica's an actress, and, uh, Jeff was like a paper sculptor, which I thought was cool, I'd never seen anything like that, and Dan was a, a painter. Yes, correct. And how did you connect with them? Did you have them in mind? Like, how did it come about? You know, the, the idea originated with Griffin. Uh, Griffin did a, a song for another film I did a few years ago, a Christmas film. And we got became sort of friendly. And uh, we were, he was talking one day and telling me a story about... Um, he was in New York playing a show with City, City Winery. It was 300 seats, sold out. show went really well. And he said, you know, this happens frequently. And, you know, a couple came up to him after the show and said, oh, man, you know, we just love your music and we just know you're going to make it one day and uh you know griffin's been doing it for two decades and mm. has been making a living supporting his family owns a house in nashville um it's his you know, absolutely primary source of income for he and his family and it got me thinking you know what what success means as an artist and so it kind of started there and so you know when i when i decided to do the the documentary i reached out to griffin first and he was gracious enough to come on board and then jazika I, I had done another film with um Aaron Tapp, I'm friends with uh, Matt Nathanson's tour manager, and uh, Aaron is Matt's longtime guitar player. So that was that connect. And then um, the director of photography on the film knew uh, Jeff Nishinaka, and we interviewed Jeff, and then Jeff recommended Dan McCall, um, the painter. And wow, so, yeah, what, a cool, what a cool uh, uh, connection between all those guys. I, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, was there anyone you originally uh, reached out to that didn't do it? Or it just sounds like it all came together perfectly. Yeah, I was I was pretty fortunate. I actually did eight interviews and chose those five. I felt they best best told the story I wanted to tell. But um, the one thing I did I think helped was that I told them I said, look, I I won't make you sign any releases or anything until you see a, a, at least a rough version of the film. Um, and I think that helped sway people to go ahead and do it because they knew that you know they'd see it before it was before it was out there. And uh, cool. yeah, cool. And is the way you put it together? It it went seamlessly. I really felt like it. It never uh, lost my attention. It, it was a great, great piece. Um, and I also love hearing um, just uh, like none of them really had a backup plan. And just like the lows, I'm talking about the lows of like Jeff saying like he could have like three really like okay years and then one great one. But the great one, he's paying off all the debt from like the okay years. It's like wow. It's like it's a tough. It's a struggle. Struggle. Yeah, it really is. And one of the things, I, I, if the project has a strength, I would say it's the honesty and sort of the, the forthrightness of the participants. I mean, they were all just kind of really open about things. And yeah, I, I think one of the main things is the the income is, you know, one year's up, next year's down, three years of down, one year of way up. It's, it's, it's tough. Con constant grind, constant grind. I like to, I loved hearing Jeff talking about his, like the advice his dad gave him, like be good at one thing, don't don't spread yourself out. Just find one thing and be amazing at it. It was cool too when he talked about um, 
being hired for Game of Thrones for like one of their uh, seasons for like artwork and all. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he's done a lot of neat stuff, and his work is just incredible. If you're if you're listening, do yourself a favor and um, and Google Jeff Nishinaka. Incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you still um, stay in contact with those people? I, you know, I actually do. That was one of the greatest things about the film. I'm in contact with all five of them. <laughs> I had uh, lunch with Jeff on Saturday. I'm going to see Aaron next week. Yeah. Nice. And uh, is the film out uh, for the public right now? It is. Uh, we just released on Amazon and iTunes. It'll be on Vudu in mid-December, um, and it'll just go from there. Cool, cool. And uh, has it been well-received? It has, you know, it's, it's been very well received and sales are, are good. So we're, we're very pleased. It's been, you know, every week it's gone up a good bit and it uh, seems like word's getting out and people are enjoying it. So yeah, we're, we're very happy with it. Nice. Were you going to ask something? Oh, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to, my bad. Um, yeah, but like I said, I, I felt it was very personable. Like it was just, it was, it was amazing, uh, to watch. Um, uh, what other, uh, stuff have you worked on, uh, Nathan? Yeah, um, you know, I started writing in yeah, God, 1996 or 7. Uh, my writing partner and I sold a script called Dish Dogs. And then, you know, I was early 20s at that point, and I thought, oh, this is great, this is easy, and, and it took me another 10 years to sell another script. But uh, then in 2012, I directed my first film. I've directed uh, Four Cents, and, um, you know, just kind of plugged away at it over, over the years. And just, I just love the, I love the work, and I love the people I work with, and it's just been a, it's been a fun ride. It sounds like you yourself are... Uh excuse the pun like somewhere in the middle like that's why i feel like uh most people fall into i i think i forget who it was in the beginning said that uh was it uh griffin saying uh yeah the the small majority is like the superstar that you see in in like all the blockbuster yep. films like the the majority of of entertainers of artists are, are are what what we consider like working class yeah it was, it was Aaron Tapp actually but yeah it was exactly mm. and that's and I think that's you know it's so true I think that's one of the you know people tend to measure success on you know are you the stones or are you you know do you have five million likes on Facebook and really success I, I think is if you can if you can make a you know a living as an artist whatever that living is I, boy that's just a success it's such a hard road even Jessica's yeah. saying too like some of the major things she's taken have not been as fulfilling as some of like the smaller stuff or she's read a script from somebody that like is somebody she used to look up to, but then after seeing the way the character was cast in it, she was like, nah, I don't want nothing to do with this. Like, it's cool to see her, like, stick to that, stick stick to her, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? I, I don't even, I can't even think of it. I'm her guns, stick yeah, to her guns. Yeah, stick to her guns. Uh, yeah. Like, convictions. No, she does, and, and Jazika, she's amazing. She's uh, not only a wonderful actor, but a wonderful person. And, you know, I think she's at a point in her career, you know, she's friends, she was on five seasons i think of friends and the entire run she's on the good doctor a good bit now and yeah. um, you know she's at a point in her, in her career where she can really pick and choose those those things she wants to do and you know i think that is a luxury for for her um you know i think a lot of artists you know you got to pay the mortgage or the rent and you yeah. take that job you don't really want to do but you do it it also hit on some great things too like uh personal relationships how like your work mm -hmm. obsesses you at some points like and it's hard you got to make you got to make uh uh, whatever to to make your uh, relationships work and like that was cool to see and uh, just her though when she said at one point she's like if I could do anything different I wouldn't be as hard on myself but I'm thinking in my head like that may have been what made you as good as you are like that that's interesting you yeah. may need that like I think everybody does need to be hard on themselves I feel 
Yeah, I think it's. I agree with that. I think. I think it's finding that balance of you yeah. know of being hard enough on yourself, but not being so hard on yourself that it mm. you know that it deteriorates your work. Yeah, it's like the name of your film. You got to find somewhere in the middle yeah. there. There's a lot of middle, <laughs> yeah, middle ground. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, yeah. I think for me too, it's interesting doing the film and listening to these folks talk. It, it certainly made me think about my own career. And one of the things I've really started doing is going project by project and and deciding what success means for that specific project. And then, mm. you know, kind of looking overall and, and looking at what I consider a success. But it's, uh, yeah, I think that's real important as an artist, particularly if you're just considering going into a artistic field, is, you know, really determining up front what is successful for you. Mm. I was laughing, too. I read, I read one review, and the guy even, like, put himself down for being, I forget oh. what he said, but it was just like, he said it went, it was too perfect of a... <laughs> of a documentary yeah. Yeah. too perfect this is too perfect that's amazing <laughs> it was, it was really good. <laughs> I'll, I'll take those reviews all day long <laughs> do, you, do you get uh, a lot of bad ones uh, we haven't gotten a lot of bad ones we've gotten a few that are sort of in the middle like oh he didn't dig deep enough into you know the artist's lives uh, or you know, they, know. And having done films for a while I mean you're always going to get you know, yeah. people have given The Godfather a one on IMDb. I mean, go yeah. figure. I mean, yes. Not, not everybody's going to like every film. Not just, digging just, deep just, enough. Who was it? Was it Aaron? One of the guys talking about, like, uh, almost, or was it Griffin? One of them was, like, at, a, at the highest point in their life, and then their wife had a uh, miscarriage, and it was like, that's... That's deep. That's yeah, as that's, deep as it goes. Yep. Yeah, I... Like, I kind of thought so as well, but, you yeah. know, I, who knows? <laughs> I know. God. You know, I, wow, what else do you yeah, want? <laughs> But that that was the one I would say was was certainly the worst one was they were just like well it didn't dig deep enough into the the artist's lives and I thought well okay that's yeah. I feel like what they didn't is. give the uh, the film long enough I didn't feel like I feel like they didn't give it enough of a exactly. chance if that's what they're saying like it, I don't know Nathan it sounds I, like they wanted you to just like literally I, follow that person around on like when they wake up out of bed make coffee like that's what they wanted to say and I don't want to like throw everything out there but also Jeff saying at the end like the fact that he like sacrificed a, a relationship and that he'll never have kids and never have grandkids. Like, that's like a fucking that's, major thing. Yeah. Like, sorry, excuse my French. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a man. I'm with major. Uh, man, I'm with thing. you. Yeah. Like, that's I've a, got, I've got two small kids now. And I, I tell you something, I, when, when he said that, it really struck me that, boy, you know, that, that's given up a lot for your art. Cause yeah. it, it, for all of us who have a family, have kids, you, know, you just kind of know the value of that. And that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I also liked hearing too, like they all basically came from like, uh, you know, your typical uh, upbringing, like dad worked for like the, the, the government or whatever. Mom right. was a, ha a homemaker type of thing. Like they all came from like these, these uh, typical, you know, uh, upbringings where they did something different. Yeah, that was really interesting to me too. I, I was I was expecting to find at least a couple of them, or even more, to have you know a parent who was either an artist or who was you know an art teacher or a music teacher or something like that. But no, as you say, they were government workers, and you know one of them owned a uh, Jeff's dad owned a company that built aircraft gauges. You know, it's like they're just these basic you know regular jobs, if yeah. you will, and, and out springs these artists. Yeah, yeah. Dan was Dan as well. I, I, we haven't mentioned him much, but I, I loved him. I loved his work. It was very cool. Very uh, kind of like looking through a blurry window or something. Like his artwork. Mm. Yeah, his his art is is amazing. And in fact, I I 
I bought one of his paintings for my wife's 40th birthday. Um, I just, I really just loved his work and she did as well. And, um, yeah, he was, he's a, you know, he's 76 now, I guess Dan is. And, you know, talk about perspective, you know, having been a working artist his entire life. I mean, it's, it's a lot of perspective. I think he just just had a lot of really good moments of, of things that, you know, you just, you kind of go, yeah. And it was, I think for me with Dan, it was as much about life as it was about art in some ways. Mm. And that was something I, I didn't expect and kind of was was thrilled to find. Especially somebody like that that's seen all the change, all the change from like yeah. you know, the media and yep. and social media and all that. Like that's, that's – you got to adjust. you got to constantly be yeah. adjusting. Yeah, and you know, it's it's, and I, I think he, you know, I think he said too, you know, and, and it's in the, tra- I think it's one of the lines in the trailer. He says, you know, he said, we're only, in the end, we're only what we've allowed ourselves to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just, you know, that, I, that line has sat with me since he said it. I remember in the interview, I think, and man, that's a, that's a, says a lot and a little. And it speaks to everybody. I, I've, uh, you know, we mentioned it before. Just even podcasters. We used to be friendly with a guy who, after I don't know, Slim was it like less than a year, he was yeah, ready definitely. to call it quits because he wasn't making Howard Stern money. It's like, dude, you do a ten minute little podcast, you're never gonna be, you're never gonna be making Howard Stern money. Come on, man. Like, right. <sighs> <laughs> find your place. Yeah, just find that place and yeah, do do it because you love it or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. One of the interviews we did that really always, uh, I always remember is with this guy named uh, John Peasy, and he's a comedian, and he's pretty big in the comic world, but he's never made like headliners. He's not on like TV, never but the dude's like, yeah. he's he's been in it for thirty years, and he's you know wow. making a living with it, and it's it's a shame that he's not more well known because I honestly thought he was like funnier than Jeff. Dunham and yeah. he does like similar you know comedy he's got the puppets and stuff like that but and I think he also told us like at the point he's at he doesn't ever think he's gonna see that like huge fame but he's fine doing doing what he does yeah he was always he yeah. had told, he had told us like you know the guys that make it big they just get lucky you gotta get mm. lucky on some like you post a YouTube video and bam you blow up but yeah you know not everybody has a lucky yeah. day <laughs> I often wonder about that, what it is, you know, that separates, you know, it's like Matt Nathanson, who's Aaron Tapp is his guitar player for a long time. And he's, you know, I look at like somebody like Matt, who's, you know, had a very successful career and tours, you know, he toured with RLA last summer and, you know, he does, you know, he does big tours and we saw him at the Greek here in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, what's the difference between somebody like Matt Nathanson and a Griffin house? And I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think the big difference is, you know, Matt Nathanson had one big hit in 2007 and it was a monster. Um, and he's been, you know, riding on success of that to a certain extent uh, since then. And, you know, Griffin House just never had that one big hit that kind of launched him. And that's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it has to be uh, frustrating in some ways to be in that position where you're, you are somewhere in the middle and you think, man, if I just had that one thing, mm-hmm. I'd be you know, making millions instead of, you know, 50 grand a year yeah, or whatever it is. Right. And if you could have gotten that one thing, you would have had it. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's not that you haven't tried. It's just, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It makes that one yeah. moment. I wonder, do you think if, um, do you think the people who make that one moment that they have to work harder or work less? Once you're already big, like. To, yeah, I, I think they have to, I think there's a lot more pressure. I think, I don't, I don't know Matt personally. I'm good friends with his tour manager and now with Aaron, but, um, mm. you know, from what I know from talking to them, I mean, Matt's just a workhorse and he just, you know, he's, he's, he has a family. He's got a house up in San Francisco. And I, I think that when you have that success, 
you know, you have that lifestyle creep where, you know, you used to live in an apartment and now you have a pretty sizable mortgage and so forth. And, and so there's a lot of pressure to, to make money. And it's, I think it's become harder and harder to make money as a musician because everybody's streaming music, you know, you no longer sell CDs or albums and so forth. And, you know, there's no real money in downloads. The the licensing of music has gone way down to TV and film. And so really it's about touring and merch. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of pressure with that. I like too in the documentary too. You even hit on like you. I think it was uh, towards the end, like how uh, they take care of their taxes and stuff. Like the the one uh, was yeah. it was it Aaron talking about the one time he did it on his own and he was not he didn't love it that much. But then he got like he went to like an H and R block the next year and he said that was even worse. Like they oh, screwed no. up <laughs> so majorly, so majorly. Like they talk about actually having to have an accountant that specialized in what they did. Hmm. And like that, yeah, that was Aaron. That was Aaron, and something else along those lines there. And said he said, you know, he said people often forget that, you know, a lot of being an artist is is not the art you're doing. It's you know, being your own personal assistant, your own accountant, your own you know, for a certain amount of time, and so yes. forth and so on. And it's just you're marketing yourself. All these things that you know aren't the work you set out to do, but kind of have to be done by somebody. Yeah, and it's cool to hear somebody like say that. Yeah, like I feel like that's something. And was it him, yeah. or was it was it him like, that in his college in his college class? And who did he have come in? Like one of the big, one of the major like, uh, artists. Yeah. Like what he said uh, to him was his great. Name, yeah, his name is completely escaped me at the moment. Um, the horn player from the seventies who was you know just on every album, every jazz album, every light pop album. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, a, again a big moment. Yeah, um, you know, I forget exactly word for word, but it was like, yeah, just make sure you always do something for yourself because I woke up at uh, in my thirties after all this success and just was such an incomplete broken person. It was like, mm. wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Apparently this guy got started when he was like 16, like playing, you know, getting hired to do gigs and stuff like that. And he said, you know, I woke up when I was 30 and exactly what you said, you know, I was just a very incomplete person. Um, and yeah, again, just, you know, speaks volumes. You're like, whoa. That's why, like, sometimes I think maybe, maybe it's better to start later. Like, start when you're older because you've already been through some, and through some stuff and, you, yeah. you, you know, you kind of know how things work. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, it it takes somebody like Justin Bieber or something like that who, you know, say what you will about Justin Bieber, whatever, but, but imagine having that much success at 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever he is, Yeah, man, that's gotta be a tough thing. Cause you, I mean, boy, if you'd have given me a million dollars when I was 19, I'd have blown it in six months. That would have been, you know, it's just, I think we have so little perspective at that age and it it completely warps your reality to be that successful. And I, you know, for what the, the moderate, the limited moderate successes I've had, I'm, I am grateful they've, they've come later in life. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a different thing when you have a family and, and these things. It's not, it, uh, it doesn't hold the same uh, prestige it would have when I was 20. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Nathan, I'm curious. Um, So the way you're talking about like the documentaries you do, it sounds like you really like learn a lot from doing a documentary. Am, am I correct to say that? I did. This is my first doc. Um, this, the other stuff I've done is the narrative. I just okay. came off a, a horror film, um, The Basement, and I was hired to uh, co-write and co-direct that. And uh, you know, that was, it was a great experience. I hadn't done any horror. Learned a lot. It was a, it was a pretty long and arduous shoot and, and post um, uh, post 
production uh, just about two years, I guess, in all. And, um, you know, I, I kind of came off of that, and I was pretty burned out and tired. And I thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a, a small project, much smaller in scope, that is, you know, much more personal to me. And uh, that's when I decided to do this. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a completely different animal than a, than a narrative. But um, I definitely learned a lot, and I definitely – I just uh, – I'm so grateful for – the wisdom that the the five imparted on me, and I hope that I hope other folks can watch it and and, and get some of that as well. Cool, cool. And I wanted to ask you too, Nathan. What is a, a New York Christmas? Uh, sure. Um, did that in 2016, I think. And um, you know, I, I I have to say I kind of missed the mark on that. I was trying to do kind of a. Um, I wouldn't say Love Actually is such a you know it's such a great and amazing film, but I think I was trying to mimic that on a much much smaller scale and budget. And I sort of missed the mark on it. I'm I'm proud of the accomplishment. I think it's a, a uh, I think it's a enjoyable film. Um, looking back, like with so many things that artists do, you kind of go, boy, I wish I'd done this and this and that other thing. Um, but no, for what it is, I'm proud of it. It's a a, a a solid project. I think. Cool. That's why I stopped listening to our, our show because I was like, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say that at that point? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> why did I ask this question? <laughs> yeah. Why did I uh, have trouble thinking of, of that word? Like, yeah. <laughs> why am uh, I keeping Slim around? What, what am I doing? <laughs> why is Slim still here? <laughs> 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 oh, good times. Uh, uh, goddamn, Nathan, it's it's been a blast. Do you have any uh, other upcoming projects you could tell us about, or are you just chilling right now? No, no. You know, I've got a couple. I I tend to try to. You know, when one's ending, you know, go ahead and start up the next one. I've got um, so I'm going to do a documentary about uh, parents with their first kid. So I'm interviewing uh, parents who have their first child, and that child is somewhere between eight months and a year. And uh, just to really dig into what it means to have kids, and you know, the changes to your relationship and your sex life and your body, and you know, and social media mom shaming, and all just really dig into it. It's something that interests me, having two young kids, and I think it's also something that just, you know, there isn't really anything out there for expecting parents to watch that really gets into the nitty-gritty of, of you know, of having kids um, and what that what that means for your life, and for, for good and for, for, for difficult. Um, so I've got that. I'll start shooting that in the next probably month or so, just shooting the interviews. And then... Um, I've got a film that looks like will go next spring. It's um, based loosely on um, Tender Mercies um, and Robert Duvall back in 72 or whatever that was. And uh, also Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges that he won the Oscar for. So it's, it's a you know coming-of-age story of this musician, except instead of being an old guy who's sort of trying to reinvigorate their career, uh, my protagonist is a 25-year-old girl, um, Americana musician who's kind of traveling around, you know. Um, tough childhood alcoholic and just trying to make her way so uh yeah super excited about that project as well cool uh going back to like being a parent uh i just remember uh, some of the best advice i got was uh my aunt and one of my neighbors once i said does it ever get any better and they both said no does it ever get any easier and they said no (laughs) and i was like thank you that's good to hear like i don't want to get my hopes up and think like everything's gonna be perfect someday i want the one said yeah no the problems are just bigger and more expensive the older they get like i'm like okay like yeah i I know i'm in for that it's funny before before i had kids a buddy of mine who has five kids said you know what he said the thing you don't realize about having kids is that from the day they're born you will never stop worrying he said, when they're young, you worry about their physical safety and that everything's okay. When they get in school, you worry about their education. He said, when they're 40, you worry about what they're doing with their lives. He said, it just never stops. It's always constant. Like, wow. 
Wow. And it's crazy, too, like, how different they are. Like, I, I heard you say you had two. I have three sons. And just the different ways they handle things. And it's weird. I don't know. Like, some of them have, like, different aspects of me, too. Like, it's like one of them is a serious... Uh, that seriousness that I have. One of them is just the craziness that I have. One of them is like a combination of both. Like it's it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's like cool your personalities crazy. have split yeah. into little children. Into like different pieces. <laughs> yeah. little, little versions of me. And you're That's training amazing. your replacements. Like, and hopefully, like I've told them that too. Like when they've said, you know what they want to do, and I'm like, I just want you to be better than me. That's all I want for you guys. Yeah, you do. You really do. You just want them to. You hope. You hope they take the good parts of you and and make make better choices around some of the other parts. Yeah, yeah. But you then you realize they they were perfect and you've you've made them imperfect. I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I like... know. Yeah. <laughs> all the mistakes we're gonna make, right? <laughs> I love too. And just think back to um. On that aspect, uh, Bill Burr saying on his last comedy special, like about how he's tried to hide his psychosis from his daughter, but she's figuring it out. She's figuring it out, like more and more. She's he, he says he could see the look in her face where it's like maybe this guy doesn't have it all together. <laughs> yeah, kids are very smart. I've noticed. My, I've got a two and a half year old and a one year old and then a third on the way. Um, and yeah, the, my two and a half year old, he knows a lot more than I'd like for him to know, honestly. <laughs> yes. Yes, Nathan, but thank you, dude. It's been a blast talking to you. And where can everybody find dude, you? I, and where can everybody find the um, the documentary? Absolutely. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can purchase it on Amazon, iTunes. It'll be on Vudu in December. Uh, please watch the film if you like it, or if you don't, for that matter. Please leave a review. Uh, it would be great. It really helps sort of get the film out there and helps with sales. And uh, I so appreciate you guys. It's been a great interview and really appreciate you having me on. Awesome. We appreciate you, my friend. And it is uh, somewhere in the middle, correct? That's correct. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. We will, uh, when, when all this goes up on like, uh, our, our pod, our podcast site and, um, the individual interview on YouTube, I will email them to you. Yes, please do. That would be great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. All right, guys. Take care. You too, my friend. All right. Trace, reread your last line. Mm, you want to reread it? Yeah. You, you rushed it. You, 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 Fucked it up, Driz. Don't think about what could have happened. Make it good. Yo, yo, Frankie. The one in your garbage can taste even better. Oh, wait, I read it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew I was going to. Because that's how you have it written, and I've always garbage been correcting can. it. Yo, yo, what, Frankie. How do you have to correct it? Because you, you, you typed it wrong. I've always, every time I read it, I read garbage it the right Garbage can. Oh, garbage. Garbage can. Oh, garbage can taste yes. even better. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, Frankie. The one in your garbage can tastes even better. Ugh. What did you think it was? And what did I you just cut. I just been. Do? I just been cutting that out. I put the one. I just cut out the can. Oh. I was like, the one in your garbage tastes even better. Yeah. Well, that's funny. I always too. thought it was the garbage can taste even better, and I was like, why? Oh that's God, so dumb. I'm stink. an idiot. Yes. All right. <laughs> right time. We'll be back with CJ. <laughs> This this is Hollywood actor Steve Coulter. And I'm appearing with the delightful scumbags, uh, Rob and Slim. Rob's the old one. Is Rob the old one? Yes. Yes. Rob is the old one. (laughs) He's like 75. How did you meet the boys? Did you just go by a school one day? I was was at the the bus stop. (laughs) We we all met when me and Slambo were in seventh grade. I had a lot of candy, Steve. (laughs) He had Pokemon cards. He he learned us in. Did you have a puppy? Oh, I have 
a quick story. The box said three puppies, but my dick was inside it. Rob Slim Show. What is up, Rob? CJ. How's it going, man? CJ What Creech. is up, How man? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Feeling kind of, feeling kind of weird because I don't really, I don't have much to to plug today. I'm like I'm like all the other ones. It's kind of nice though. Oh, that calling in chat. <laughs> it's freeing. It's freeing. I was gonna I was just gonna say welcome to your thirties, CJ, because <laughs> I know you. Yeah. You you've hit that. You hit that. I don't know. I I I, I think forty wasn't as bad as hitting thirty. Like thirty is is, is depressing and tiring, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It sucks. It sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, got, I was already feeling things like snap, crackling, and popping, but now it's just like it seems like as soon as I hit 30, it was just <sighs> 10 times worse. It seemed like every pain you got just lasted like that much longer. It was, it, was, it was rough. It was rough. But like I said, 40 was not as bad. Like I expected it to be, and it wasn't. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe hitting that 30 mark and then hitting 40, you're like, okay, it's not as bad as 30. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was cool, though. I, I always see you on Twitter and Facebook, and you always seem busy. Like, you have something going on. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I have, like, you know, like, the podcast and stuff like that. But but thankfully, I'm I'm, I'm done with traveling mainly for the, the rest of the year, oh, okay. which is nice. That's cool. I saw you and, recently uh, did a Dave and Creed show. Uh, you, you, you came back, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, <laughs> you, you know uh, how how it is to, to to get in contact with Dave. It's it, it's hit or miss. We 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 went from uh, doing one every week. Now we just a month, and it's it's so much better. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. That's cool to hear. Oh, so I didn't think I didn't I, know even on your level you had problems communicating with Dave. I thought Dave would just get back to you like right away. <laughs> right away. Oh no, no. Like I could just say I could just send him a text saying hey and like. I won't hear from him from three weeks. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> I think I sent him a friend request on Facebook, and it was like a year later. Dave Sheridan accepted your friend request. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, I'll, send him, I'll send him, like, a, you know, a holiday-themed text or whatever, and then, like, the holiday's long gone by the time he, he responds to it. Oh, uh, he's... You send him a tree, he replies back with a pumpkin. Or like a sparkler. It's (laughs) 4th of July. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's that much later. It's like, oh, cool. Thanks for the the Christmas wishes. I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. That's what I'm answering. (laughs) But you guys had a big interview on your last one, right? Uh, Dana Brooke from WWE. Yes. Yes, we did. Uh, We've been doing some stuff with WWE recently. We've actually got another one. Uh, we just got to set a date for uh, Alexa Bliss. I was just gonna say, if you get Alexa Bliss contact, hook me up. I've, I have the biggest crush on Alexa Bliss. Oh my god! I actually, yeah, I actually um, got to meet her in September. We went to uh, Clash of Champions, so I surprised my daughter. Uh, we've been chatting with Alexa, and we, uh, we got to go backstage after her match, and. Uh, and we got photos. I get to hang out with Alexa and uh, Nikki Cross for a little bit. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I hadn't watched WWE for the longest time, and then uh, my sons were up this past summer, and my middle son William is a big fan, and so you know I put it on for him, and my other son Ewan got into it too, and I did too. Like I hadn't seen it in so long. There's just so many cool dudes. Like I love, I love Samoa Joe. 
I love uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Owens, I think it is. And there's just so many, so many good guys. Like, I was like, wow, these guys are great. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're fantastic. And uh, I do want to say that, actually, it, it, it didn't air on the podcast with Dana. But uh, actually, she's the first guest that ever messed up Dave's name doing the uh, the intro, which is amazing. Because everybody always messes up Creech. Like, <laughs> three years of, of everybody butchering that, you know, my last name. And she got that one without any help, but she called Dave David. So uh, it, was, it was kind of, you know, gratifying a little bit. <laughs> How do you mess up Creech, though? It's so simple. It's just as it's I've spelled. Heard, I've heard Creature, Cretch, Greech, you know, like, like with a G. And like, usually I've even heard Screech. Yeah, I think we asked you that. I think the second time I had you on, I asked you if you ever got confused with Screech. <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah, it's 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 been it's been a nightmare. You, you know, I usually have to start off saying like when we walk them through the, the doing their intro, but like it's like Screech minus the S. Um, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I was going to call you Screech anyway. So, hey, Just, Screech. <laughs> yeah. So so it was it was it was finally gratifying for somebody to mess up Dave's name and call him David. <laughs> I was gonna ask too, you mentioned uh your daughter Lexi. Is she a fan of WWE? She is. Actually, uh, Alexa Bliss was is her favorite wrestler. But oh. it was like a like a double whammy because it was also two weeks before her birthday, so everything just kinda lined up perfectly. Cool. I kinda played a prank on my daughter because I I didn't tell her she was meeting Alexa Bliss. And so when security got us to take us backstage, she thought she got in trouble. And so I was kind of just convincing her we were going to get kicked out until, you know, Alexa Bliss surprised her. So it was kind of great. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Every time Alexa was on, my kids would be like, calm down, Daddy. She's not that cute. I'm like, no, <laughs> she look is. Her up she's, she's a cutie. I even showed my rider. I was like, look at this girl. And she's like, yeah, she's, she's sexy. She is sexy. <laughs> so, yeah. That girl is something special. Um, I was going to ask, so too, like you just mentioning, Lexi, I've, how older has she gotten? Because I, I, I remember watching the first video you posted of her at Walker Stalker, and she seems like she's gotten a lot older. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that first, her first interview she ever did, she was, I want to say four. Wow. Maybe five. She's now, she just turned eight. Wow. And I saw she dragged you to a... a Jojo Siwa concert. Oh, a what? Jojo Siwa. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Be glad. <laughs> okay. Oh my it's, God, it's, Alexa. Alexa Bliss, isn't she adorable? Holy. F- yeah, she is. She is gorgeous. She, uh, Slim is just <laughs> googling Alexa Bliss right now, Creed. Just, just to give you the side story. <laughs> well, well, don't, don't, don't Google Jojo Siwa. <laughs> I'm doing that now. I was gonna tell him to do that next. Alyssa Bliss looks like she looks like a fucking porn star, man. She's gorgeous. Holy shit, she is is hot. Yeah. I I got a picture of her as uh, Harley Quinn. It looks like. Uh, that's that, adorable. That's how she, that's that's how she, she looks. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she kind of looks like Harley Quinn a little, like the way she's wearing her hair and everything. Yeah. And the colors. Oh, nice. <laughs> Who's the, who am I looking up? Jojo. Jojo Siwa. <laughs> You'll see a lot of bows. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like you you can. It's one of those that you can look at a picture of her, and even though you've never heard her music, you can almost completely identify and like figure out what she sounds like. And it's, oh my god, your insides will die a little bit. Yeah, like oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I I think that's like, cool though that you did that for your daughter that you brought her to that nine thousand like, screaming girls. Dude, how much was it? Their lungs for three hours straight. I remember you posted how much a ticket was, and I was like, oh my god, like what three hundred bucks? Yeah, yeah, and that was like not even for like decent decent seats. I was still like sixteen rows back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you got to torture her though. You got to drag her to something like I don't know. You got to drag her to something like, I don't know, what, what band are you into? Like something she wouldn't. Baby metal, like just those little <laughs> Japanese girls. That, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A band, you got to drag her to a concert now. This JoJo Siwa, she kind of looks like, she reminds me of that. What was that fucking weird ass dude? The Visas or Visas? I don't know. Oh, what, I, I, was, was I, I kind of know what you're talking about. I'm just kind of thinking almost about like Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'd I rather know. see Honey Boo Boo though. <laughs> God damn! It was it was it was definitely a, a challenge. And like uh, you said, all those the, other like young girls just screaming. Oh, I would have wanted you. You didn't have like earplugs. No, I didn't. And see, and then the worst thing is, you know, I mean, yeah, like, like as we as we mentioned, you know, I've, I've been on this earth for thirty years. And somehow never managed to go to a concert. So now, not only did I have to suffer through that concert, I have to live with the fact that that was my first concert. Oh, no. That I ever went to. Oh, no. No. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. The seventh element. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> that's that's a, a fancy video. I think he's Russian. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's Russian. Russian. Yeah. Vetus, the seventh element. Yeah, there's like a Christmas song. I would, I, yeah. Yeah, I would rather listen to that guy. I mean, at least you can't understand what he's, what, what he's saying, and it's kind of still kind of catchy. Yeah. It's just not catchy. Yeah. But the JoJo kind of looks... She kind of looks Make like him. Ears, she like dresses like him. She kind of looks like him. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what she's ripping off. I think someone needs to expose uh, that. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you showed well, know, her that I, video, I, I, she would have disappeared. I know Freddie Mercury rolled over in his grave because she did Queen. <laughs> oh, no! at the concert too. Which song? She did uh, "We Will Rock You." Oh, uh, we are God. the champions. Wow. And. One other. I've I've tried to erase it from my memory. I think I succeeded. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Wow! 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 What uh? What have you had going on though, CJ? Um, as far as projects, were you working with uh, Method Man? Uh, well, funny story about that. Um, I know the last time I was on here, uh, I was promoting that I was a part of Strangeland Oddities. Yes. Like I just started. And this, like, up until probably about May of this year, uh, I actually wound up getting a good documentary out of this. It's on YouTube now, and it's also on, uh, on, um, oh, God, uh, my Facebook. But it's called Leaving Strangeland. And uh, basically, like, as I'm working for this guy, like, after the last time we were on the show, I just started doing more and more research because the guy just, nothing was adding up. And uh, basically, I found out most of the people he was claiming that we repped, we did not rep. Oh. So it was it was one of those things where, like, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm talking with Dave and he's like, Hey, yeah, I want, I want to get a, like some of the people he wanted to do a project with. I was like, well, I'll see. And then, you know, I sent it to, to the guy who ran the company. He was like, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting on a word back. And, uh, like he, he used to, uh, he would, he would say that, uh, Carrie Hart, you know, the pink's husband was the, the financial backer. And I'm like, I've never, I, I, I just, I don't see him. Never saw like, proof. Yeah. And then, and, and every, so everything just kept kind of weird. So I was like, I was keeping it myself while I was just, you know, making sure I, I kept my receipts, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, I just kept basically figuring out one thing after the next, like, uh, one of the, the major things that I was able to, to prove, I proved like everything that he had said was false. It was actually a pretty good documentary to get a chance. It's like two hours long, cool. but, uh, he had, he had put out that, um, he repped Chuck Norris. And so I was like, let me do some research. So I, I hit up Chuck Norris's manager and I'm like, I'm not emailing it as myself. I'm like, Hey, yeah, I'm a convention runner and we're interested and uh, having Chuck Norris at our event, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what, what do you, uh, like, um, I, I see on his website that, that uh, Sean Blair of Strange on Audio says he reps uh, Chuck for commissions. Mm. Uh, is that true and everything? He's like, I've never heard of this Sean guy. Wow. Wow. Goes. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, he, he had been using a lot of people's names. Um, I actually found out a lot of, like, uh, CJ. Oh, oh no! no! We lost you. Starting to break up, and then we lost. Fuck. God damn! Make sure Get. it's not my internet connection here. And stop driving. We're good. Around, Slim. Cool. Uh, CJ. Yes. It started, no, no worries. It started to cut <laughs> out, and then but, uh, it dropped. Did Did you hear where I, I he had, I said he uh, he claimed to rep Tony Hawk? No, I did not hear okay. that. Wow. <laughs> he, he claimed to wreck Tony Hawk, uh, Johnny Knoxville, and Steve-O. Oh, my God. So, basically, what I did was uh, I'm friends with Brandon Novak and Joe Franz from Jackass. Yes. So, I texted them. I was just like, yo, <laughs> uh, is this true? And they're like, no, we, we don't know who the hell this is, and they don't know who the he is either. So, I was just, it's one thing after the next of me just checking off a bunch of lists. Yeah, he was stealing people's photos. Like he, he said he was like a uh, a convention photographer, or a, I mean a concert photographer. Okay. But like all of his images, all he was doing was he was going on Google, taking other people's photos and putting his water, you know, trademark or whatever over oh, the, the photo. God. Like he took it. What an a hole! Wow. It was. Yeah, yeah. We we um, I got him blacklisted from most of the convention. Good. Awesome, community. dude. Awesome. I was going to say, too, though, I saw that you did, uh, what, what is Charleston Con? Oh, yeah, it's a new con. That was, that was an experience. I was actually, like, the MC of the event. Okay. And, um, it was fun. It was weird, it, but, but fun. Um, I, had a, I did an interview with Coco Beware where he stopped in the middle of the interview, and he said that uh, he was dead. And that um, everybody in there was now speaking to God, and that He was God. What? <laughs> Uncle Beware! Wow! Wait. <laughs> Who slipped him acid? Did you see? Amazing. 
Yeah, that, it did like a complete like you can hear like a pin drop in that in that room. Like everybody was just like, "What? What is going on?" We were like, we all thought we were watching the self destruction of this dude like right in front of us. Yes, grab your kids. Oh, so and it was like out. like you had a PA. You were hooked up to like a PA system and everything, so everyone heard him say that. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Everybody, everybody in the room. It was it was amazing because it was it was a panel that we oh, were doing. Okay. So there was a ton of people wanting to talk to their favorite wrestler from the 80s and uh yeah they just found know. out that they were all dead did, did, did he <laughs> yeah. did he have the parrot uh, he did not he oh. said that he, he he had said that he uh he actually had he got a, a girl parrot for the frankie or whatever and so the the parrot doesn't like to travel that much anymore it stays in there and does stuff with the, the girl parrot all day. So, so that's why he's not okay anymore. Like, the parrot used to but, keep him yeah, sane. That's, it was like his... <laughs> that's the, I think the parrot was, like, the, the controlling, controlling factor. Him, yeah. like, he was the... like It was the parasite that, that made him what he was, and now it's gone, and he's, he's transformed into another, another being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, apparently, you know, I got... One of the first interviews with God because you know last <laughs> way through he announced that he, he was God. When is the world gonna end? That's what. I... Hey, you should have all the answers now, yeah. CJ. Oh my God! Oh my God! CJ, too. Is there is there an Instagram account uh, impersonating your show? Because I saw one of you, either you or Dave said like if you get an Instagram message saying you're from somebody's from the Dave and Creed show and charging for an interview, don't don't go with it. Yeah, that was another, that, that was, somebody, morning, you know, I'm checking my Instagram, and I get a message for, from some, like, model, and she's mm. like, hey, does this guy work for you? And I'm like, no, and she sent me all the, the screenshots, and he was, hey, uh, I want you on the David Creech show, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and do a, a, you know, talk about your, your life, your career, and help promote you, and do this, and do that, and you just, you know, give me some money, and I'll, I'll make sure it's arranged and everything. And I'm like, no, dude, how do you please get tell this? me you didn't give him money? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, she was like, no, I, I was doing my due diligence by checking with you before anything happens. I was like, cool. good, because yeah. How do you we get never, these? We, we never charge for for interviews. I've never heard of anyone trying to be Robert Slim. You guys are on to something. <laughs> like nobody wants to be. Us. No, we did have like a SoundCloud that impersonated us at one point. I think, or did they just. I... I remember you found it and you were like, "Yo, who?" And it said like the description was like the, my me and uh, my buddy oh, Slim. Yeah, and you were like, yes, "Who is this?" Yes. And it just like they had like one of our tracks, like one of our shows, <laughs> like on their SoundCloud. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie though. For a brief second, you know, I, it crossed my mind. I was like, "Well, maybe shit, I'm doing this wrong. Maybe I should be charging people if people are willing right. to pay, right? To, to come do interviews with me." But I, I would have been I, like, I, "Yeah, I mean, we, we never do that." He was, my, yeah, no, no. I shit, I'm just lucky to get what you know that that interview and and that interaction. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Even um, one of the earlier sites we were on, it was it was crap guests and um. They asked in in the whatever, like, do you charge for interviews? No, because then I feel like, first of all, you're going to have to kiss that person's ass. Like, mm-hmm. they're paying you. Like, they own you for that interview. Yeah, no, if if, if you're doing something stupid, I want to be able to call you out on something stupid. Like, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't ever want that. I agree, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's kind of a double-edged sword sometimes. You know, it's like, 
uh, with us, we have to bring on people for movies, and sometimes you're like, oh, God, I really don't want to dog this movie that we're bringing them on, but, like, sometimes the movies are just bad. Uh, yeah. So then we, we, we just, instead of, like, calling them out on how bad that project is, we'll, we'll like, ask them one or two questions about that movie and just focus on something completely different yeah, the rest of the show. Yeah, let's drive over here for a minute. Let's not go to that, that part of town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, you got a new movie coming out, but what about all these old movies you did? <laughs> Oh, I want to ask you, CJ, uh, being um, working with uh, a lot of Walking Dead people, are you? Have you been keeping up with the newest season? I have not actually. <sighs> Believe it or not, I um, I need to start getting back on it because I, I'm supposed to be emceeing next year at a uh, Fighter Bash, doing like all the panels and stuff. Cool. In Atlanta, but um, I haven't actually watched the show since the mid season eight. So I'm like. Mm. Super behind. Where did you leave off, like plot wise? Uh, Carl dying. Okay, I'm just and, trying. And I didn't, I didn't quit because like Carl died. I was just like, yeah. I was like, eh, okay, cool. And then like I just never, never watched it when it came back on. I was telling Slim last. I think it was like the season before. It was like it's the best it ever got. Like I really feel like uh, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna love, you're gonna love what's coming. Like I, I feel. Well, I hope so. I, I mean, it, it couldn't get much worse than it was when I left. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Did you see Rick? Did you? Was Rick still around then? Yeah, so Rick was still around then. And I was just so sick of him. Mm-hmm. There was like, I think, I don't know. I don't know how long it was. I'm like, I'm just almost, if, if one more episode sucks, I'm done with this show. And then it just came back. And then it just came back strong. So... I will just True. just tell you that it, it, I think, it'll get good. I think, I think I think Lexi keeps up with it more than I do at this point. <laughs> I know she she interviewed some of the the cast over the summer. Oh wow! Who who did she have on like recently? She uh, we haven't released some of them, but she uh, interviewed Seth Gilliam, who's not Gabriel. Uh, she interviewed Ross Marquand, who plays Aaron. Yes. Um, and she interviewed. Uh, Cooper Andrews, that one's been released. He plays Jerry. Who's that? Well, Jerry's yeah, the oh. fat guy, right? Oh, that, right my there. God, yeah. I love Jerry. I love <laughs> Jerry so much. He's like Ezekiel's hype man, yes. <laughs> yes. And then uh, oh. she did, uh, she interviewed a before. Who, I can't remember her name, but I know she was one of the heads on the pike. Oh. She's the red-headed chick. Was that uh, the one from Too Many Cooks? I don't know. I have to. I have to look. I have to go back and look. I don't know. I think she's one of Negan's wives in the in the earlier seasons. Oh, one of Negan's wives. Okay, yeah, because there were a few important people. I know Tara was on. I don't. I don't. I hope I didn't spoil anything. But I think Tara was one of those heads. And I think. Yeah, yeah. I think the girl from uh, Too Many Cooks. If you know who I'm talking about, I don't know. I kind of want to say maybe, maybe. But the important question is, Creech, do you know what too many cooks is? Ooh. Silence. Oh, are we losing you, Creech? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what too many cooks is. Oh, definitely, definitely after we hang up, Google too many cooks and watch it. And let me know if it's changed your life for the better or worse. I don't know. I still don't know I, what it's done for me, but I can't stop watching it. It's one of the best the best things in the world. Uh, CJ, it's been a blast talking to you, as always, my friend. Um, but we have to wrap it up, my dude. That, 
I'm right. That sounds good. Uh, maybe next time, if if you know within the next year, if I text him now, maybe for the next one we can get Dave. Season eight, no, no promise. Season eight, our but, intern will, will be yeah, limbless, <laughs> and we will talk to Dave Sheridan again. Yeah, I need to text him now. So like, give him a couple of months to respond. Yeah. <laughs> and where can everybody find you, CJ? Except for uh, not at Strangeland. Not a stranger, no. <laughs> Not there anymore. <laughs> but where are you on the socials? Uh, at Creech Cubed on Twitter, uh, CJ Creech on Facebook, or Creech Creative Productions, and I believe at Creech Creative on Instagram. Awesome, awesome. And of course, Dave is at Dave Sheridan. We're at Dave and Creech for the podcast, and uh, we've had quite a few big names this year, so most of them should be on the, the YouTube page. Cool, brother. Cool. We will talk soon, CJ. All right, guys. Hope you all have a great night. Hope you have a better one, and I never want to see a Leaving Robin Slim documentary out of you. Yeah, we got to make one. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. All right, CJ. Have a good one, brother. (laughs) All right. All right, you too. Later. We will be back. He's the best. He is amazing. Yeah. Better than Limbless Slambo. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryder, your favorite little phone sex doll. Let's get real for a moment. When was the last time you had a girl down on her knees worshipping your fucking perfect cock? Over on Nightflirt, my friends and I, we take really, really good care of you. We are real girls offering real connections over the phone, and through personal messaging. We have it all. Whether you're looking for dirty talk, role plays, or even just a friend to talk to, call me. Don't worry. Your wife, your girlfriend, your friends, they're never going to find out. Nothing will ever show up on your phone bill, so you can be sure your dirty little secrets are safe with me. Sign up for nightflirt.com. And if you hit me up on Twitter at flirtriderdoll, And let me know that you heard me on the Robin Slim Show. I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes for you to get a hold of the perfect little cocksucker of your dreams. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. Hello? Hi, Ron Fuller Welch, the Tennessee stud. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Uh, This is Robin Slim from the Robin Slim Show. Okay. Thank you very much for for getting in touch with me and having me on. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I was going to ask, what was it like being born into a legendary wrestling family? Well, I guess it's a pretty good thing. Um, 
I went to my first wrestling match when I was nine days old. Uh, don't remember much of it, but um, my granddad was wrestling, and he had two brothers wrestling with him in a six-man tag. Uh, that's probably in 1948, somewhere in that time frame. And, you know, uh, my grandfather started in 1924. Uh, wow. Uh, was uh, trained uh, by the legendary... Dutch Mantel, not the not the Dutch Mantel that a lot of people know, but the original Dutch Mantel, an old shooter from out in Texas, years and years ago, and and I uh, went from there to Columbus, Ohio, and started wrestling professionally uh, because Dutch news people are the promoters in Ohio, and it was one of the first territories in the in the country. Uh, they actually had two territories in Ohio. Um, How? Did, were you always like growing up? Did you always have people trying to get in close with you just to get a little like a break? Uh, you know, I, growing up as a kid, I got a lot of uh, crap from a lot of people, you know, no. because uh, I was a wrestler's son. So, yeah. you know, I had to deal with that in high school uh, all the way through from seventh grade. Well, basically, probably from about the fourth grade up through uh, through high school. Wow. And, uh, after high school, I, I gained a little weight, and, uh, and I started, uh, I, my dad had always taught me to shoot from way back, from uh, well, to the age of about six years old. He had us wrestling, me and my brother wrestling all the time, so they I got knew. to be a pretty decent wrestler, and I put on some weight, and I was a bigger guy, and, and people quit messing with me, yeah. quit questioning me. You were the biggest in your family, right? Uh, six foot nine and 265 pounds. Yeah. Yep, biggest biggest in the family. Uh, I have a son that's taller than I am. Wow. Uh, he's actually 6'10", but uh, he's not as big. But, uh, yeah, come, uh, and, you know, I guess the last generation, my brother, I have a brother that's 6'5". I got a cousin named Jimmy Golden, great oh. wrestler. Uh, he's about 6'5". So I, I outgrew them a little bit. I'm a little <laughs> bigger than they are. <laughs> a little better, a little better than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe two. I don't know. I don't want to say that. Uh, no. My brother and I always have a big discussion about who's the real Tennessee stud. So he might want to question that. But, but uh, he knows as well as I do who the real stud is. <laughs> yes. yes. Ron, I'm curious. So, so when you were a kid and you were getting picked on a lot because you were a wrestler's son, like what was it that made people make fun of you? Like was like, it just like a me, weird profession? or were you? I was thinking like you, you, you think you're so special because like, you, you come from that, that line. Uh, well, you know what happens is they they know you're a wrestler, you're a wrestler's son, and yeah. what they used to do is say, uh, and it was not the people usually in my class. It was people that were in, a couple years older than I was, and they would want to try you. They would oh. say, "Oh, yeah, your daddy's a wrestler. How about you? You know, show me what you right. got." Yes. Show, show so me. they could yeah. brag, like, "Oh, I beat the wrestler's yeah. son." <laughs> I was thinking, though, your dad would just show up and just <laughs> just drop him yeah. right through a table. Well, what was funny about it? Uh, my dad, I, I took I, I took the issue to him when I was in about the third grade, and I said, "You know, Dad, I'm having problems in school." And he says, "What's that all about?" And I said, "Well, you know, they're all wanting to wrestle me." <laughs> and, uh, so he says, "Okay." He says, I'm going to show you three holes. And uh, so I said, okay, yeah, that'd be great. Show me three holes. So first one, he said, you know, he says, when you wrestle on the schoolyard, he said, I bet they want to get you in a headlock. 
And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, they want to get your head, right? They either want the front face lock you or head lock you. So he said, uh, they, they get a headlock on you? And he says, yeah, I'll show you what to do. So, you know, I was really small. Uh, but he crotched me between the legs. I got a headlock on him. He crotched me between the legs, and he picked me up. And and uh, and he was going to drop me on the back of my head, you know. And I said, no, oh, no, no, no. I screamed at him. But he says, no, that's what you got to do. He says, you pick them up, and you drop them right on the back of their heads. And, uh, <laughs> so the so next couple of days, I went to school and I had one of those deals where I was challenged, and the kid got the headlock, and I dropped him on his head, and I went straight to the principal. Your dad is not like <laughs> thinking so like there's no ring mats out on that, the, the fucking turf out. That was like my dad. Out, you know? He taught you me like just, palm strikes. He's like, yeah, just fuck. palm strike a kid in the, in the mouth, and yeah, no, that kid needed stitches. In his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, then he taught me the front face lock. He was a real simple one, too. He says, the front face lock, you just reach up there and put your arm around the back of their head and uh, crotch them right here between the legs and drop them right here, bam, on the top of their head. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> well, it was long till I didn't have problems much in school after a while. I was going to say, like, out. What what if what if you told your dad you just wanted to be an accountant? Would he would he have, would he have dropped you? <laughs> I don't know. He might he might have pulled out his his, his pens and pencils and started teaching me something there. <laughs> uh, so your dad was kind of like a jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. would encourage you to do what you wanted. But you uh, you did some amazing things. You uh, you ran your own company, uh, your own wrestling company, and you you had a lot of talent come up with you like you you i heard you say um andre the giant and hulk hogan came came up with you right yeah yeah uh well my first wrestling company i i started my first wrestling company in uh, 1974 i was i was 20 uh 26 years old and uh and and i had a lot of wrestling friends i had spent my first four years wrestling in florida I came up with guys like Dick Slater, uh, Bob Orton Jr., uh, Mike Graham, uh, just a tremendous number of young guys. And once I got my own company up, they, they wanted to come wrestle for me. You know, we were friends, and, and I liked them. They had great talent. They were all very talented guys, and, and I was lucky to bring in those type of guys. And, and uh, then later on, uh, with my second company, Southeastern, uh, that was in 1978. I started with it. Then uh, Hulk Hogan was one of the guys that came there, worked for me. Uh, heck, I've started in my companies. Uh, Honky Tonk Man started with me. Arn Anderson started with me. Uh, Hulk Hogan started with me. Brutus the Barber Beefcake started with me. All those guys got their start working for me wow. in uh, the 70s and the 80s. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Did you ever um, like pass on somebody? that you, looking back, you shouldn't have? Oh, yeah, probably so. Uh, I have passed a lot of guys along, great stars, uh, to other wrestlers. Uh, Sylvester oh. Ritter. I don't, do you know who Sylvester Ritter is? No. Junkyard Dog. <gasps> Junkyard Dog. Sylvester Ritter came to wrestle for me in my first wrestling company. Uh, stayed there about three weeks. He was very talented. And uh, I didn't have a good spot for him, but I really liked him. He had a great attitude. So I called a friend, a guy that had uh, been a personal friend for a long, long time, Bill Watts. And he was running in Oklahoma and in, in Louisiana and Mid-South. 
And I said, I got a black guy for you that I think is going to be a huge star. And he said, send him to me. And uh, he called me about three weeks later, and he says, God, he goes, this guy's amazing. He goes, man, Dude. I'm going to change his name. I'm going to call him the Junkyard Dog. Dude. And I said, hey, that would be a great gimmick for him, man. So, uh, he you was, know, that you never know. Yeah. You never really know who's going to be he, good. He was one of my favorites growing up. Like, I always loved Junk JYD. He was always one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a great guy, too, and a tremendous athlete and a tremendous wrestler, too. Uh, so, yeah, you never know who you're going to – who you're going to see? Uh, I'm sure I had a lot of guys come through that I didn't push properly. They mm. went somewhere else and made it. But uh, yeah. I was really lucky to have a lot of young guys come through. Uh, Jerry Stubbs, Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Since you know JYD, you surely know <laughs> Mr. Olympia. Yes. He started with me. He's wow. one other guy that started with me that uh, we turned into a big star uh, with Continental Lab. This was my third wrestling company. So I. I built uh, actually four wrestling companies in my career. From uh, such a young age, like I, I feel like I would have screwed up. I would have screwed up majorly <laughs> at that. You said you started at 26, correct? Yeah, yeah 26, 26 years old and uh, just out of college. Played basketball at the University of Miami cool. uh, in college. And uh, after college, uh, uh, wrestled in Florida for about four years and, uh, and started my first company. Wow. Went to Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, a little old area in East Tennessee that had never been anything but one wrestling town, and within two years turned it into a territory. Uh, a lot of people say it was the best small territory ever in wrestling, NWA territory, smallest NWA territory. I got in the NWA in, in, uh, at 26 years of age with my own company. Oh and God. was in it until the 80s, way into the 80s. That's, so, that's amazing. Ron, I'm curious, being a guy that's been around for so long, what is your opinion um, on the current state of wrestling? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, it's hard for me to watch. You know, I have mm -hmm. a very difficult time. I, I still do some things, and I, I make appearances at matches and uh and there's a lot of old timers that are out there that that do that, uh, but boy, I have a real hard time watching it. I just, it's just, uh, it's not, it's not even similar to the product that was there in the '60s, the '70s, and the '80s. There's no comparison mm. uh, what they do today and what they did back in those days. Uh, it's it's all changed because of the training. It's the way they train wow. them, and uh, and uh, you know. Uh, back in the old days, it was all based around psychology. You, it wasn't, and and you knew had to know some wrestling. You know, nowadays there's not a lot of wrestling Technical anymore. Moves. They all want to fly now. Yeah. It's all how many bumps you can take, how many false finishes you can kick out of, how many holes you can kill by getting up from them. You know, and it's just a, it's a totally different ball game than what it was in the old days. Are you saying there was more skill involved back more, then? More technical. Like yes, yes, yes. Much more skill involved. Uh, the guys in the back in the old days uh, came from uh, shooters. Uh, you know, a lot of back in my granddad's day, they were all shooters. My father's day, they were seventy percent shooters. By the time I was around, there was thirty percent shooters. And nowadays, there's no shooters. What are shooters? Uh, what What is that? You no, know, there's nobody really that knows how to wrestle. The, and uh, the real. You know, so once you learn how to wrestle, then you've got to deal with how to. How to call a match and, and uh, 
the psychology of of uh, incorporating the fans into your match, uh, knowing what you need to do to get those people involved. Uh, and, uh, you know, back in those days, I remember having a lot of matches in my early years in Florida with Johnny Valentine and guys like that. And we were doing hours. We were doing these one-hour matches uh, three times a week. And uh, when you do that, you really, really learn how to wrestle. And you learn how to how to connect with the crowd. And you learn how to how to work those people so that they yeah. have a they have a great time and they really get into it. I feel like nobody can eat gold that long nowadays. Yeah. It's like five minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. I'm bored. You don't do it. You don't see that anymore. But, uh, you know, it wasn't... It was wasn't uncommon. Uh, Jack Briscoe was in Florida in that that during that time frame. Dory Funk Jr. was the champion, and uh, they were doing these hour Broadways, hour matches uh, two three times a week. And uh, like I said, I was one of the unlucky guys that got a got hooked in with Johnny Valentine, and Johnny Valentine liked to wrestle for at least an hour. He couldn't do it in less than forty five minutes. He told the guy. He told a guy I wanted to give us a finish one night. He, the guy says, yeah, Johnny, I just need 20 minutes. And he said, oh, bullshit. He goes, I can't do it in 20 minutes. He goes, I won't do it in 20 minutes. I'm not even warmed up in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, it was just totally different what wow. it is now. Yeah. So, so nowadays they just skip the wrestling and go straight to the character straight and the story. And, yeah, yeah, the showboating. Like, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, might as well just different. turn it into a TV show about a couple of guys that sit around a table and talk about when they wrestled each other. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and, and you know, there, back in the day, we had we we worked angles and programs, and uh, we you know we had storylines that went on for months and months. Yeah, uh, with my Continental Company, I had Bob Armstrong and his four sons, and uh, my brother and I and Jimmy Golden, my cousin, uh, the Stud Stable. We had the Stud Stable against the Bullet and his his gang of sons, and we carried that on for five years. We had a five year program that that just continually sold out yeah. night after night after night, city after city, yeah. all over the South, and just uh, basically two families going at it. Wow, it's Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, so I'm similar to that. Yeah. I think they're all Southern guys too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ron, did you know? Did you know Harley Race? Oh yeah, very very well. Loved Harley Race. Wow. Worked with him. I worked with him ten times. I had, I had nine world championship matches with Harley in a Texas Death match. You know, and uh, uh, Harley was a fantastic worker and a great guy. Yeah. Uh, tough, tough guy. Really. Uh, yeah, he really could kick some ass. That's what I was gonna say. He, he looked like the guy it. that would really, he would really hurt you if he yeah, had to. Yeah, he could, he could really get it done if he needed to. And uh, but it was a great guy. Uh, I set a lot of records with Harley. Uh, set records in the Knoxville, Tennessee. That the first place that I started my first company in 1977. We did the biggest crowd ever in the history of that Coliseum in Knoxville. It's still a record. And they never broke it. Uh, and uh, I think the fire marshal didn't show up that night. And they allowed people to sit in the aisleways. It was like, I'd never what? seen that many people. It was like, oh, I'm man. amazing. You know, it couldn't, people couldn't walk up and down to get drinks because they couldn't get there. You know, it was just uh, crazy. But, uh, yeah, Harley was a tremendous, tremendous champion. Great guy, He too. seemed like, yes, anytime I ever watch any footage or just when he passed this last summer, just seeing the, 
the tributes to him, it was like, wow, he just seemed like the best, the best guy ever. Oh. Got a lot of uh, a lot of those old time world champions, man. I wrestled uh, every world champion as far back as Gene Kaninsky. Gene Kaninsky was <clears throat> he was back uh, in the '60s, world champion in the '60s. I've wrestled Luthez four times. You know, I mean uh, Pat O'Connor three times. I mean world champions from way way back uh, uh, up to modern day guys. So, what was the the most recent guy that that you wrestled? Uh, the, the real world champion would be Flair. Wow. Um, I wrestled a Flair. God, I wrestled Flair probably twenty five times, maybe you know, a heck of a lot of times, <laughs> in a lot of different parts of the country. Uh, St. Louis we used to uh, out of Florida go into St. Louis, and Flair was young back in that day too. Yeah, and we used to wrestle each other there. Uh, Terry Funk, the Funks, both those guys, tremendous. Tremendous stars. Uh, just really had a opportunity to to wrestle some of the best that, that ever got in the ring from sure. all from every era. It sounds. What is um What is the nastiest injury you've ever seen in the ring? The nastiest injury I've ever had is a uh, and uh, and I do a program called a Studcast. I yes. have a podcast called a Studcast, and I'm actually in that time frame, 1975. I had a wrestler drop me on my head, uh, and I, my, my chin connected with my collarbone, where the sternum is, down the center of your chest, and drove, the, drove my uh, SC joint, drove the collarbone out of my SC joint down into my chest. And uh, I was out for about three months, uh, pretty horrible injury. Uh, they told me I'd never wrestled again when I went to the hospital. They wow. said, you'll never be back in the ring again. Uh, but three months later, I was back in. I was back at it. but And I still have a collarbone that you can look at it and see that it's not like it should be. But, uh, yeah. you know, they, I've seen some horrible injuries, obviously, man. Broken legs. I've seen a lot of broken legs and broken bones. and yeah. uh, Just uh, stitches, bad cuts, and things like that. Uh, it's it was it was tough game, man. It yeah. was it was really tough at times. Yeah, it is. That that that's the the, the game though. That's the game, and it comes along with it. Uh, I feel. I'm curious curious if you know any wrestlers uh, personally who had to retire because of injuries. Oh, geez, I'm sure there are some, and I I don't think I can't think of anybody right offhand instantly, but. Uh, Gosh, there are a lot of guys that got hurt and had to leave way, way before their time was was there. Uh, uh, it's, you know, it just uh, you had to take care of yourself. You had to watch out for yourself, uh, and it was really important to to uh, not give your body to somebody you couldn't trust with it. You had to be able to trust your opponent not to hurt you. Yes. And, so you uh, would turn down matches then if you were like, yeah, no, I don't trust this guy at all. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. yeah, you, you. I went in the ring a lot of times with guys you never knew. I mean, when you would travel from one territory to another, you would you would be in the ring with guys you did not even uh, that you didn't had never seen, had no knowledge of, and and you were uh, you were always putting your your body on the line. Yeah. In that situation, you never knew uh, what they knew. That was the problem. 
I've heard too, you know, like yeah, you know, like just you. just training with a, a new guy might be a real problem. Like if oh, he wow. thinks it's real in his head and he's just doing some crazy stuff, and and it's not it's not what should be done. Yeah, it would, back in the old days in uh, Florida, they had a they were they had a <laughs> the office. They had a ring that set up there all the time. They did their televisions there out of Tampa, and uh, they had what was called the Snake Pit. I don't know if guys have ever heard of that, but that was a they brought in uh, Matsuda, Bob Roop, uh, Don Curtis, uh, a lot of different guys. I I used to go down there and hang out in the old snake pit, and that was not a good place to be. They broke Hulk Hogan's leg his first time he was there. Yes, yes. Uh, they tried to keep him from being, continuing his wrestling career, and they broke his leg on purpose. Yes. Matsuda did. Wow. So, uh, yes. You know there was there was some nasty places to be. But uh, you know, it was good. It was important. I felt like it was important to know how to to know how to hurt people if you needed to, and uh, you know, you didn't have a lot of problems in the ring when you when they when they heard you were in the snake bit for a couple of years. They were they weren't going to uh, give you a problem. That's for damn sure. <laughs> nice, uh, Ron. I want to ask. Um, you did mention the studcast. Where and where can it be found? And how long have you been doing it? I've been doing it, uh, just did today, uh, episode number 120 came out today. That's awesome. I started uh, two years ago, a little more than two years ago. And my, my, my stud cast is a little different than other podcasts. It's all about my family's history. I started with my grandfather, 1902, when he was born, taught, talked about how he got in it, uh, who trained him. Then I went, went through my father. And now I'm into my career, and I'm I'm into the actually about to finish my very first year as a promoter, as an owner of a company, wow. about to go into 1976. And uh, you can find it at uh, tnstud.com. That happens to be my website too. If people like to go there, uh, or you can find it at iTunes, uh, Fuller Pod, uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, it's Ron Fuller's uh, Studcast. It's called and. Uh, and uh, we've got uh, a, a tremendous audience. Uh, we got a lot, a lot of WWE. And uh, I didn't like where wrestling was headed. I heard uh, uh, some bad stuff about him back in the day. I heard, I heard a lot of bad stuff about uh, Vince uh, forcing people to do steroids and all that. I, I heard wow. a lot of bad stuff back in the day. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, it's... It's not the same sport it was. It's it's so dramatically different. It's 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 unbelievable. And for an old timer like me and a guy that was there, uh, wrestled in the from 1970 to 88. Uh, before I got in hockey, I actually bought myself a hockey team. I got <laughs> I got a franchise for a hockey team after I got out of wrestling yes. for twenty five thousand dollars in a in a East Coast Hockey League, which is the smallest. It's the biggest hockey league in the country nowadays. Uh, bought a franchise for twenty-five, and uh, and we drew more money. We did things in hockey that nobody had ever seen before. Well, I mean, we we darkened the lights and and introduced the players and played bad to the bone. And oh, I mean, we just we and we totally changed that sport. Uh, my partner and I and uh, and uh, drew the biggest crowds. We still hold the records in minor league hockey. All-time records in two cities, wow. Nashville and Cincinnati, Ohio. I had two teams. You tore oh, it up, amazing. Ron. You tore it up in two, <laughs> two sports industries. I love it. I love it. So okay. I feel like your advice to the young guy that wants to get into pro wrestling get is in get, get into hockey. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
you go. That would probably be my advice. <laughs> you know, you know, especially if you can skate. You know? Yeah. Learn to skate, motherfucker, and hockey. Learn to skate, you young piece of garbage. I bought, I bought, a, I bought, I bought into a hockey franchise that I'd never seen a live game. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, well, thank you, Ron. To a monster of his success. I mean, uh, the, everybody in the league. That league went from twenty-five thousand dollars for franchise fee to a million within five years. Yes. It was like wow, it is, and it was all because they get, kept going. Look what they're doing in Nashville and Cincinnati. They're drawing ten thousand people a game. You oh know? my so God, that's they, amazing. They made a lot of money. All the owners made a lot of money off of that. Great. Ron, thank you so much for talking to us. It has been Such an absolute an honor. honor and pleasure, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, good luck with what you do. And uh, uh, I listen to you myself, guys. So, you know, uh, thank you. Just uh, keep up the good work. You too, thank man. You, man. I, I, I love listening to your show, and I, I can't help but smile at some of the stories. Like you, you, do, you do an amazing podcast, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk soon, Ron. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good thank one. Thank you. Have a good one. Fuck this. It's done. Yeah, because I said it's done. I'm the one who said it was done. I said Go it was on, done you first. little You just repeat everything I say, you little fucking mockingbird. Oh, okay. I'll say something you haven't said. I hope you die, bitch. Yeah. You're already dead. You're already fucking dead. No, I'm not. You're just saying that I'm the one who's alive because I'm standing here. You're dead because you're walking away. Fuck you. You're dead. I'll see you in fucking hell someday. Keep walking, sassy pants. This has been a Fat Moles Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh, funky pods with a fresh, funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. Uh, 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 uh,